Show, the truth in sports talk streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find the Monty Show, streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty. Hey, yo, man, happy Monday. How the heck are you? It is the Monty Show live on your computer or phone, probably, or whatever it is. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we've got the bucked up ready to go. We are locked tomorrow. I am excited. Commissioner Navarez from the Mountain West Conference is coming on. Anything to talk to her about? Um, I, you know, I don't think so. I, you know, there's just nothing happened over the weekend. There's not a lot yeah, happening. I don't know, man. Like, it'll be interesting to see exactly how that conversation plays out. But we're fired up about that. On the program, as always, we are presented by The Advocates, theadvocates.com. Make sure when you get in an accident, because again, I know it's shocking, it's snowing in Salt Lake City. Again. I'm kind of ready. Anyway, the point is, if you get into an accident, make sure you check them out online, theadvocates.com, because you never pay the advocates until they win your case. You don't pay the advocates until they win your case. Chat with an attorney Live online, 24-7-365 at no cost, theadvocates.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on this here Monty program. Jake Jake went on another first date um, Mm -hmm. on, uh, what was that? That was Saturday. Right. You went on another first date, and it was a disaster. I did not say that. Um, Well, that's kind of the words you use to describe it. No, no, Um, it's not, actually. Well, those aren't the words. You said you guys talked about Donald Trump. So I just, I may have projected that on you. Uh Uh, So we'll talk about that in non-sports stories. Jake dates people only who like um, Toyotas. We have to talk about that today. All kinds of good stuff to get to, but. Speaking of the Mountain West Conference, little old San Diego State, Mm -hmm. Jake, is going to the Final Four. Right. Now, let's have the conversation that everybody hates. There are no blue bloods in the Final Four. Jake, is it good or bad for college basketball? I mean, I I don't think it's bad for college basketball when it happens every once in a while, but I think college basketball needs to have – you know, the traditional teams in every year. I think that that's what's best for college basketball. But again, I think the upset story, the, the, the San Diego States of the world getting in, uh, in, in beating a blue blood, I I think is, is good every once in a while. So I don't think that college basketball is going to burn to the ground because all of a sudden there's not a, uh, a Kentucky or a Kansas in the final four, you know, but I do think that it can't be every single year where we're having all the number one seeds lose. Cause I don't think that's good for college basketball. And I don't think anybody really enjoys that. Yeah. I actually think it is really bad for college basketball. I think, and I know it probably pisses a lot of people off when I say it, but I think you need to have blue bloods for the health of college athletics. It's imperative because you you look at the bra- bracket now, and, and again, I look at San Diego State, and while politically they may be a big story, the issue is how many people are going to flip on the TV and watch San Diego State play ball? That, to me, Jake, is the biggest question. And you look at the Final Four, and you see that it is UConn and Miami. That's terrifying. You see that it is FAU and San Diego State. I think that's terrifying. I, and, and frankly... I think for the health of college basketball, I, I really do think this is a disaster TV ratings-wise. 
I think this will be one of the lowest rated Final Fours in the history of, of college basketball. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I could kind of see it going both ways. You know, I, I, I would tend to lean your way, thinking that, hey, not a lot of people are going to watch this matchup. But at the same time, I think that it's been such a storied tournament. I think that there's been so much attention given to it because all these number ones have lost and, and a bunch of unconventional teams have won. Yeah. That I think there's a lot of tension on the tournament right now. And and I think that, you know, if if you know, San Diego State were to go to the national championship game, let's say, uh, you know, then I you know, it, it's just a crazy time. And 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 to me, like that would be huge news. That would obviously be a headline everywhere. Sure. So I think I think in one hand, yeah, it's not great for television just on the surface, but I think this particular tournament, the way this particular tournament has gone down, I think it will be fine. But again, that's why I say it's okay every once in a while, but like you can kind of see how it would start to be an issue if it happened every year because now it's like, oh, well, what random ass team is in the tournament final this year? What you know, who who upset who this year rather than saying, okay, oh, it's Kentucky and then some random team. Okay, fine. It's, you know, a staple and then some other team. Fine. That's what I, that's what I think you need at a minimum every year for it to be healthy. Yeah. And I, I, I tend to, I'm not saying I disagree with you. I think that you have to have people watching the NCAA tournament for college athletics to thrive. I mean, it, it just is that simple. And and I am one who believes, and I know we've talked about this a lot on the show before, I think the one-and-dones hurt college basketball, but that's not what really this is. If we're being honest, the issue is these are all teams that have veteran players. Uh, you look at guys like Drew Timmy on Gonzaga. There's a reason Gonzaga's been good pretty much for the last two, three years, and it's, a, it's a lot to do with with Timmy, because he's been there. He's not a one-and-done. And if you look at the teams that are in the, the Final Four now, there's not a true freshman on any of those teams, right? You look at, at the, the one-and-dones, the Kentuckys, the Dukes, the Carolinas, you don't have as many core players that are there for two, three, four years like you do in smaller programs. And I think it is absolutely a distinct advantage for smaller programs to have those veterans who know the offense, who've spent time with their coaches. One of the reasons that Mark Few is such a stud is because he's been there for so many years and he has an ability to build relationships with his players. Now, they're not there, but again, I, I look at Hurley at UConn or I mean, pick any of these four teams. These are all veteran teams that have been together who understand each other. I think it's a huge advantage. And and honestly, I think it is a shot over the bow of, of the Blue Bloods like Kentucky, like Kansas, like Carolina, like Duke, because you've got to find a way to not live and die on the Bronny Jameses of the world, not live and die on that high school kid that's going to play one year in your program and then end up in the NBA because I think it's opening the door for these mid-major teams to make it to the Final Four. And I don't personally believe that that's good for college athletics. And I know that's probably going to piss off a good amount of people, but... Oh, come I on, just, the Cinderella story. Come on. Well, but I, I look at San Diego State and the Pac-12 as the Pac-12 turns. <laughs> I look at this thing with San Diego State <laughs> and the Pac-12, and I say to myself, is this Final Four going to be what pushes the Pac-12 to finally invite San Diego State? Now, I don't think they're going to do anything. In fact, I've been told they're not going to do anything until their TV deal is done. The biggest issue is who's going to pay and who has the ability to get more money to add a G5? Well, that'd be the Big 12. 
because you look at Gonzaga, Fox has told the Big 12, hey, we'll pay for Gonzaga basketball. There's no question about that. The bigger issue is, will ESPN or whoever winds up with the linear TV rights here, will they pay for San Diego State? And the answer is probably no, they won't. And I think it puts... I think it puts a Pac-12 in a terrible spot Uh because even if you get this TV deal, that's probably not even the biggest story. And I understand it. San Diego State right now is making around $4 million a year. Okay, let's say you're at 22 and you pay them half a share. Hell, you you pay them a quarter share. They just got a million dollar, they just got a million dollar bump to 5 million. But who's going to pay for them? I just I, I continually find myself in these conversations of, or at that school, you're going to add San Diego State. How are you going to pay for that? Right. And I, this is again why I look at somebody like a BYU, and it goes back to what everybody's been talking about with, hey, Big Twelve added BYU. They probably added several million dollars to the Big Twelve TV package. Well, that's exactly right. Because you can't tell me Cincinnati or Central Florida is adding a whole lot of value to the TV package. Houston and BYU, and especially BYU, added significant value to the Big 12 TV package. Yeah. And I just ask you, who's the BYU out there that's going to add value to the Pac-12 TV contract? Because I don't think there's one out there. Yeah, and I think if you're San Diego State, your your hope is is that people overvalue geography. They overvalue the fact that you know that you're the basically the only entity left in Southern California. And I think you know obviously it's a huge tool in their tool bag as far as getting getting paid and getting into a P5. And I think this tournament performance obviously, I mean, I'm not reinventing the wheel here. The tournament performance obviously helps you. In, in getting into a P5, you've now shown that you can be quality P5 talent, which is great. Um, but I think, yeah, it get when you get down to the nitty gritty, it's yeah, who's going to pay for you? Who's going to take less? Who's you know who's going to do X, Y, and Z to fit you in to to accept you? And I think that's where it gets really tough because you're not Gonzaga, you're not some some purebred basketball program. You are you are not that yet, but you can always become that. And I think if I'm San Diego State, I'm trying to paint this picture of, hey, yeah, we are in San Diego. Obviously, SC and UCLA are gone. So LA is really not available to you. And we're a school that that has all these new facilities and we're spending money and we're doing all these great things. So we have a really strong offering and we're not asking you to pay us 20 million or, or you know full share, whatever that number ends up being. We're asking you to pay us half a share, a quarter share, whatever, uh, to, to allow us to come into your conference. So I think that's where San Diego State offering is strong because they're not asking you to pay full price for for you know what you have to pay for some other programs. They've already upgraded facilities. We know that. They have good geography. We know that. So I don't think this really is a conversation around whether their offering is strong or not. They have a strong offering. The only issue is is that they're a G five, not a P five. And and I think that's a, a lot, big issue. It's a big issue, and I think a lot of people get hung up on that as they should. I'm not saying that that's something that should just be skipped over. But at some point, if you're the Pac twelve, you have to kind of sit here and be like, okay. We have this opportunity to add San Diego State very clearly. And at some point, we need to bolster our conference. We need, as the saying goes, we need to get a win. We need some sort of positive news to come out of the conference at some point. And I just feel like 
while San Diego State may not, you know, uh, break the structure of the NCAA, I think it would absolutely give you a win on uh, on any level, and I think you but need that. I I also think there's real value in the conversation of who's more valuable, one of the top teams in the Big East or San Diego State, because if if we're if we're if we're being honest about it, is UConn? Tell me that UConn is not more valuable than San Diego State. And I, I think I could make a pretty good argument that UConn that... And we're know, talking about valuable to the Pac-12, right? Valuable to the Pac-12 or the Big 12, frankly, because I look at the top teams in, in the, the Big East and the brands are significant in basketball. <laughs> and if, if Brett Yormark has made anything clear, it is that he is going to expand basketball and they are going to monetize it. Now, he's also said his priority is to add the four time zone. He's got he's got West Virginia in the East, obviously. He's got a plethora of 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 schools in the in the Central. Now he's got schools in the in the Mountain. Now we're we're looking at the Pacific Time Zone. Yeah. So San Diego State makes sense. Gonzaga makes sense. But if if you're the Big East, are you not looking at Creighton? Are you not looking at Xavier and hoping? Are you not looking at UConn and hoping? I mean, I'm probably not worried about Providence. I'm probably not that worried about Marquette. But tell me you're not worried about losing some of your bigger brands. <laughs> tell me, like, and everybody wants to get a boner over, well, oh, Rick Pitino, captain on a, the 15-second pounder. Do for me. Tell, me, tell me you're not worried about losing St. John's right now. I'm so bricked up right now. Because I, I think you should be. Mm. Because I, I think everybody looks past the Big East, and I know it's not the the most comfortable conversation. And I know it's not, you know, those are not the sexiest brands in the world. Oh, what are you talking about? man? If, if you are the, the big 12 and you are willing to go and get Gonzaga, which again, we have reported exclusively on the show that Brett Yormark has verbally invited Gonzaga to the conference. Gonzaga. If you're willing to do that, what, what is stopping you from going out East and getting UConn? Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, Yeah. I mean, nothing technically is stopping you from going and chasing UConn. UConn has value, but I think, yeah, it, it's the pursuit of the West Coast. And I think, you know, if you're if you're Brett Yormark, you got to sit here and you got to look at this. And you got to say, okay, if we were like when the tournament's over, if they were to come out with the news that Gonzaga is going to join the conference, and you know, next year or two years, whatever the whatever the structure of the deal is, hey, they're going to join our conference. If you're San Diego State. You're going to look at that and you're going to say, okay, that's the deal they got for Gonzaga. How does that stack up for us? Right? So if you're San Diego State, you want the Gonzaga news to happen. But I also think if you're San Diego State, you're you're looking at your, your opportunities here. And I think, you know, I would be looking at the Big 12 over the Pac-12. But I think the only thing the Pac-12 has in its favor is travel. And I think that would be the big issue with UConn if you're, you know, a, a, a big, but, the big 12. But think like, about Creighton. Where's Creighton? Creighton's in Omaha, Nebraska or whatever. Yeah, Creighton's right? like, fine, yeah. You look at Creighton, I think UConn's fine. You've got West Virginia if you're a big 12. The Pac-12, you have no way to, you have no way to make that argument because yeah. UConn's better off in the Big East than they are in the Pac-12. Yeah. And I, I just keep going back to this. This Big 12 relationship with Fox is I think it's really important because the Pac-12 doesn't have a relationship with Fox. And I, I so I think this, this relationship that Brett Yormark has built with Fox, 
that he has built with ESPN that I think here in the near term he's going to build with a streamer. Yeah. I think these are critic, critical, critical, big-time relationships when we talk about building the future of this conference because it's only, it's only going to get bigger. It's not going to get smaller now uh-huh. because there's just – I mean, even if you think that you know, pick your Big 12 team wants to go to the Pac-12, what's the avenue to get there? So it's not going to get it's not going to get smaller it's going to get bigger. I think it is really really important that when you look at the schools that we're talking about, we're not talking about adding, you know, little brother. We're talking about flipping Creighton. We're talking about Dude, we're talking about UConn. We're talking about Gonzaga. We're talking about San Diego State. And and I think I think it's really important that we recognize that there are no relationships in place for the Pac-12 to, to leverage. So if you are San Diego State, what is the money play to join the Pac-12? That's the answer I have not been able to get. If you are to go and add schools, and another thing we, we've talked about a lot on this show is Fresno State. I see zero value in Fresno State. The TV people we talk to see zero value in Fresno State for either conference. <coughs> So again, I'm asking you, even if you're the Pac-12 and you want to go get San Diego State and Fresno State, let's say, to build regionality, right. to help other teams in your conference, who's going to pay for that? Who, and not even like who is capable, who wants to pay for that? Right. That to me is the big question because I, I don't see a whole lot of appetite in, in, in the coffers of the Pac-12 to to go and to go and do that, and, and fr- frankly, I don't see any appetite to do that. It's not like they're out there looking for bucked up Miami like we are on a daily I, basis. You know what I mean? Because you know it's 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 almost impossible to get the greatest flavor of bucked up ever. Bucked up Miami. <clears throat> Thank you, Jake. Bucked up the official energy drink of the Monty Show, and frankly, you know, the it bucked up is the official energy everything yeah. uh, of the Monty Show. We use their pre workout, we use their BCAs. Um, awesome peach ring BCAs is my favorite flavor. Um, stoked about that, and then you figure out um, that Bucked Up wants to send you on a cruise. I said it. I said a cruise, my man. Brian, and this is Jeff, and we're owners of Bucked Up, and we have something really exciting to tell you. We're heading to our manufacturers right now, and we're adding tickets in cash and prizes to the pre-workout. Let's go. We have a thousand tickets going into our new flavor, Bucked Up Gold. It's only available at GNC. There's a one in 50 chance of winning. Let the hunt begin. Okay. Telling you, man. Okay. We just kicked it up a notch okay. with Bucked Up. Not only is the product great, but Bucked Up Gold that's only available at GNC. Now you're winning credits. Now you're winning a cruise. Yes, yes, yes. Now you're winning cash. Yeah. Like, dude, I'm telling you, that's the great part about doing business when companies like Bucked Up because they get it. They take care of their people. Bucked Up is a local Utah company. You know Ryan Gardner. He's our guy trying to convince him. I am twisting his arm to have him come on the show. Yeah. I'm telling you guys, Bucked Up is where it's at. I was just in their South Jordan store the other day. Uh, Mrs. Monty got herself a case of uh, Bucked Up Gin and Juice Low Dilly Dim in the white can. Don't take my word for it. 
Click the link in the description below. Free bucked up samples. That's all you have to do. It, you get three samples of your choice and the best shaker cup. And I'll tell you what, I'm a little lost. I'm yeah, back on the here, bro. I'm what back on the broke ass. Yeah, like, what is this? Dude? Because I didn't do the doing? dishes and the bucked up because shaker cup garbage. was in the sink and it's dirty and But the blender ball's not in the in the disposal. No, which because is the it's attached, part. so the blender balls yeah. are attached yeah. to the top and in the bucked up shaker, but it is the best shaker you're ever gonna own. Three samples of your choice for free. Click the link in the description below for free samples from Bucked Up and a Bucked Up Shaker Cup of your choice. Ships it right to your front door. And I, I just can't say enough about the guys at Bucked Up. It is so enjoyable. It's so exciting um, to be around and to be doing business with CEOs like Ryan Gardner, who just totally understands it. He is all about his community. He is all about growing his business. He is all about doing it the right way with good people. Yeah. I'm telling you, the guys that bucked up are fantastic. They make a fantastic product that I love. Hook it up. Check it out. Um, let's see. A bonehead says it's good to have the balls attached. Well, it, well, you know, I it mean, is. Yeah. It really is. You know, is. as a guy whose balls have been detached, I can tell you, man, it's a, it's a scary feeling when you see him down there in the garbage disposal. And that's how I look at it. You know. You know. Um... <laughs> Big 12 sports Baylor football with Patrick. Okay, that's too long. Patrick Bourne says, oh, Monty, in the sink, that's bucked up. It is. Right. See what it, he did there? See what he did there? It's, it's, instead of, you know, that's, you know, blanked up. You it's know. bucked up. Right. Uh, Bonehead says, bucked up. Chug, chug, chug. Right. Amen. Right. Jake, you still owe the fans. I do You not. still owe I the masses. Not. We did it last week, dude. You, 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 I did. <laughs> no, I didn't. I, you. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, your idea of chugging was, okay, well, let's see. Fat ass is going to chug it. Let me just. Oh, man, that was amazing. Wow. I just chugged that whole can. No, you didn't. You owe us one. Okay. You owe us one. Okay. Um. All right. Let's get some of your comments in here. What do you guys think? San Diego State going to the, the Pac-10, 12, 14, like 91. McKinnon Tech Dan, my guy, a member of the show, with the transfer portal and NIL being what they are. This is going to happen more often. Um, um, when you're talking about the mid-major getting into the Final Four, I would agree with that. Yeah. I would agree with that. And if you can't win games, you're going to lose players to other programs because now they don't have to sit and wait for you to, to give them a release. They can hit the transfer portal. So, yeah, I totally agree. I think it's going to happen more, Dan. And, and it's not – frankly, it's not at all surprising – uh, Kenneth is back in today. You will see the end of the automatic bids. Maybe, maybe the problem is conference tournaments and, you know, championship week. And, you know, I, I think it's one of the best weeks in college sports when you have, you know, Jimmy's small town tire changing school, um, <laughs> you know, trying to take on the soldering program and, <clears throat> Jones High School to get into the NCAA tournament <clears throat> when you have two small schools in the Sun Belt. That's it's sunny out there. That's what you like watching. You like watching these kids. It is what March Madness is. It's what powers the whole philosophy of March Madness. Right. So I I don't I don't know. That would be a that would be a huge loss in my opinion. A huge loss if if championship week went away. The auto bids, I think, are really important. Gumby, what's up? He said, I thought the Aztecs were from Mexico. No, well, no, no. Do you, so 
what had happened was uh, <laughs> Bob Holsey says, well, nobody is stopping them from crossing the border either. Okay. Politics. Speaking of which, uh, Ruff's official. Ruff. More people will be willing to watch if it's not the same teams every year. It's never the same teams, dude. Yeah, it's pretty. I, I think this goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Blue Bloods, Kentucky, Duke, Carolina. Versus, you know, San Diego State, Creighton, these smaller schools, these these uh, truck stop universities. <laughs> you know, the Miamis yeah. for basketball. The unconventionals, the ones that, how did, the, At the, Florida how did Atlantic. they get there? How did, like, you know, Fairlake Dickinson. I'm sorry, who? Fairlake Dickinson? Gonzaga. Exactly. Uh, I think... I think the novelty of it wears off quick and the TV numbers will show that. More people I do not think will watch. More people will watch Duke Carolina in the final four of the Sweet 16. If you're going to have Kentucky and Duke play for a national championship, that's a huge audience. Yes, yes, yes. Just an alumni yes. alone. Yes. You know, that, and that's what makes the world go round. Absolutely. T. Lawrence Gragston, what's up? A member of the show. High Casuals Big 12 uh, might make the move on San Diego State. I would. I would be all in right now today, San Diego State and Gonzaga, if I were Brett Yormar. Yep. I'd be all Do about it. it. I truly would. Do it. Um, San Diego State. Glenn, what's up? He says, uh, Tan Tanagra, Gumby. I have no idea what that means. Okay, let's pull the old Google machine I, I, out here. You know, uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, the Kingston Bunch. At this point, the Women's March Madness is more entertaining than the Men's March Madness. A lot of people agree with that. I have heard that about a hundred times. Delaric, good day to you, sir. Parody is always good, though. It is on a certain level. It is when, you know, five underdogs win in the round of 64. Right. It is when, hey, maybe there's two or three in the Sweet 16. But if we're going to do business on the NCAA tournament, yeah, let's be honest and say, hey, it's cool to have a Mountain West school in the NCAA tournament. Hey, that's cool. But is Florida Atlantic at all of interest or a draw to anybody? No, I guess not. That's a, that's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. I mean, and listen, Florida Atlantic deserves it. They belong in there, and I think the Owls are somebody that I think we know Conference USA is not what it used to be. Yeah. But, you know, hey, beating North Texas and UTEP and UTSA and well, Rice and yeah. how could we forget Middle Tennessee and Florida International? Yeah, that's stupid. You know those are the Conference USA teams. And hey, FAU was thirty-five and three this year. Is thirty-five and three this year? Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Kenneth. The Big Twelve will never add a G five like San Diego State. That would make the Big Twelve lose money. Au contraire, mon frère. I would disagree with that. Yeah. I think that you have a situation where, again, it's all, it, it, it is all dependent on what your TV partners are willing to do, and I think right now. If San Diego State wants to get paid and they want to go from $4 million a year to $15 million a year, you're going to the Big 12. Mm -hmm. And that's going to happen because the Big 12, if it happens, the Big 12 would be able to get extra money from ESPN and more likely Fox. Because Fox is your, your college basketball 
home, essentially. Well, I mean, and, they've turned dude, into that. San Diego State has some value. It's not like they're just some terrible school. Like, you know, I I mean, they're not a they're not a P5 school, obviously, but I think that, you know, they have, again, they have value because of where they're located. I mean, if you just stop right there, they have value. That is a reason to add them. Southern California, just stop talking after that. Like, that's it. Like, that's 100% end of conversation. They're in Southern California. There's a ton of money there. You can you can get that money out of the market if you have a team and you have a uh uh you know a bridge if you will which would be San Diego State like it makes sense and they can figure it out with yeah like with Fox Fox you know loves to 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 distribute basketball content and San Diego State has now shown that they can compete so I just. I, I don't know. I'd have a little more faith than, hey, they'll never add a G5 because I just don't think that's true. And listen, listen, the, 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 there's no doubt the pro rata is something that is, is absolutely should be talked about. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think, and if you don't know what, the, what a pro rata is, it is a clause in the contract with ESPN and the Big 12 where ESPN has said, if you go and add another P5 program, uh, we will pay up for that. Well, Gonzaga is not a P5 program, but Fox would has, I've been told Fox has told the big 12, they would pay to add Gonzaga basketball. More likely we're talking about Arizona, Arizona state. We're talking about, you know, Colorado, Utah, anybody in the PAC 12 ESPN is willing to pay to add them to the big 12. Yeah. So the issue becomes San Diego state, right? The issue becomes Fresno state because Fresno State has no brand. And I, I, I know all the people in the Central Valley get all upset when I say this. Everybody is outraged. Fresno State has no brand. Yeah. You don't know them for football. You don't know them for basketball. You don't know them... For canoeing. What do you know them for? You don't. And I think that's the issue, is yeah. that they don't have a brand. San Diego um, State, I know, has... Like, uh, again... Not even San Diego State, Boise State. Yeah. We know that Boise State is putting tremendous amounts of revenue into infrastructure right Blue now. Blue turf. We know that they're rebuilding. We know that they're renovating. You know, and again, Commissioner Navarez will be on the show tomorrow from the, uh, from the uh, Mountain West uh, at 4 o'clock, about 24 and a half hours from now. And I'm looking forward to talking to her, I, you know, in listening to her speak and seeing her track record in the WCC. I think she's uniquely qualified to lead the, the Mountain West forward. How does she protect her flanks from Raiders like the Pac-12 and the Big 12? Yeah. Because my feeling is, and really it's going to be the Pac-12, because I think it's going to be much more difficult for the Mountain West to fend off the Big 12 than it will the, the Pac-12. But she understands the, the business landscape from the WCC to the Mountain West and how you grow that footprint. I think she is one of the most important figures in, in college sports in general right now. I think she is really important. And oh, by the way, San Diego State's in the Final Four. Yeah. Like it is, it's a, it's a tremendous story. Matt Ritson gives us a $5 tip to say should take Stanford and Cal endowment money so pay off San Diego State, bring them to the Pac-12 conference. Yeah, I, I don't know that that Stanford and Cal give a damn about adding San Diego State to the conference. Yeah, we've talked about this previously. Yeah. I think the biggest issue is going to be how do you grow the Pac-12 now? Is this not just live for tomorrow? 
You know, it is. It is. And I, and I don't know how you wake fix up that. tomorrow. Yeah, right? I don't know how you fix that. I mean, I don't know that there's I don't know either. Like I, I like right now, I think it's just, yeah, like, hey, we need to try and wake up tomorrow. We need to we need to find our, our way through the night and and try to come out the other side with a with some sort of grant of rights done. And and, you know, with that grant of rights, you know, only lasts a year. Great. That's another year we have to figure it out. But I but yeah, I mean, if you're the pack right now, that's that's your mission. Yeah, and, and I think specifically about Gonzaga, this is what's so interesting about Gonzaga is I think they have tremendous value. You know, they're they are not basketball only. They're going to be a you, you're going to have to take all of their sports, and obviously Gonzaga doesn't play football, but you're going to have to take their spring sports as well. And they do very well at baseball and softball. Right. So I mean, I I think they have real value Ge- geography wise, geographically they have real value. Um, brand wise, they have real value. So I put Gonzaga next to Fresno state. And I just ask you who's got more value. It's not even, it's not even close. Gonzaga. Yeah. There's nothing to talk about. So with all due respect to, to Gonzaga, and I understand now San Diego state. Okay. Well, you're in the, the final four. That's all well and good, but really beyond that, what is your value? Well, your value is your, your, your geography, San Diego, Um, Southern California. Yeah. That's your value. It, with all due respect to basketball, and I understand, like, hey, you're you're pretty good at football, but this is the first four-way into major championship opportunities in a very long time for San Diego State. Yeah. And it, it couldn't have come at a better time if you're the Aztecs. It, it's making the Mountain West money in shares. Like, this is a really good situation, and I agree. This one year, we should celebrate it. But the biggest question to me is, is San Diego State any different than Gonzaga? Because I think Gonzaga is as good as gone to the Big 12. Yeah, well, and I think, I think yeah, I mean, I, I think that, that San Diego State clearly is going to do something. I mean, I don't know. I would think so. You know, I, I, I think, you know, what they do comes down to just value. I mean, I, again, this is the beautiful part about it. If you're San Diego State, you're sitting here weighing the options. Because, again, like you were explaining earlier, even a quarter share is an improvement on what you're being paid now. So yes. financially for San Diego State, you're fine. I mean, your 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 money's gonna go up. And and to me, I, I, I again, if I was San Diego State, I'd be trying to go to the Big Twelve. It's a basketball conference, it's got more security, makes more sense. Like, why would you not try to go there? But you know, again, they're they're gonna look at it. And by the way, again, I think also academics for the Pac twelve clearly matter more than they do in the Big Twelve. And I think that, you know, the snobs in the Pac-12 academically are going to look at this and say, hey, yeah, you know, San Diego State's cool and everything, but, you know, I'm not sure that we would want to want them next to us academically. So that's why I say I think there are numerous reasons why the Big 12 is a better fit, but I think San Diego State has been pining for the Pac-12 for a while now. So I wouldn't be surprised either way, honestly. Yeah, I mean, have you been, have you, I enjoyed this weekend of basketball. Yeah, I did. Um, as shocking as it was, I absolutely enjoyed it. I, like, has it been a good NCAA tournament? Yeah, I mean, I think overall it's been a good tournament. I, like I said, I think you know the upsets and the the lack of you know, uh, or I guess not the lack of, but the plethora of number ones falling and all these upsets and like just just sort yeah. of the I, you know just sort of the March Madness that has taken place. Like, yeah, I think it's good for the tournament, but but I think. You know, ultimately, you're going to pay the price for that in the national championship game yeah. the, of of college basketball, and I think 
That's that's the unfortunate part. Now, again, the cool thing with basketball is is a little different than football, where like if you had Georgia and FAU, nobody would watch that because Georgia's going to win by like 150 points, and I'm not exaggerating. But in college basketball, you you can say, okay, let's watch the first half. If it's close at the half, I'm going to tune into the second half. If they're getting blown out, then I'm turning it off. And that, I think, is the key difference with basketball. FAU, on a random year in 2023, can compete with, you know, uh, uh, you know a Blue Bud or a team that, that usually is more there more consistently. And I think that's the beauty of college basketball. But but watching, you know, San Diego State in the tip at the end of the game and, and you know, turning it over. Tell me like, that wasn't – tell me that didn't smack of – are you trying to lose a game? I mean, it just was. You yeah. throw a lob at your own rim when you're up by two. In the moment, I wasn't thinking to myself they're trying to lose the game. I, I well, was I didn't more... think they were trying to lose the game. There would be the one, and I'm not even going to call a kid out. But come on, you're going to throw Info a lob. Wars. Yeah, you're com. throwing a lob at your own rim across the court. Infowars.com on an inbound play, and then when the ball goes out of bounds to end the game, you're standing there yelling for him to review it even though you won the game. Dude, your tinfoil stick today, huh? I just on that one particular thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I, I can't deny it. I, there's no denying that the kid, you know, it, 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 it does. Come on. Yeah, it, it does. It is a little suspicious. But in the moment when I was watching the game, I was like, dude, that's just a cardinal sin of basketball. You didn't you don't think do that, that one time? Not while I was watching it. I wasn't like, oh, the kid's trying to trying to throw the game. I, I, I was just like, yeah, wow, that's dude, just I a was, big mistake. I was thinking that. Like I was like, what? Wait, what? What? How much? How deep are your pockets right now? Somebody check that dude's jock strap. He's got to have a an erection. Man, you got a band of hundos in there, man. Like that's what I, I, I guess. Anyway, speaking of band of hundos, get to TridayTrading.com. Ten dollars to change the rest of your life. I kid you not. And a lot of people have been asking me, hey, is it really ten dollars? Yeah, that's it. It's $10. You sign up for a 30-day trial membership for $10 to become an expert day trader. Because what is Tri-Day Trading do? You're going to school to learn how to be a day trader. And when I say you're going to school, you are going through the program in this country, the premier program that teaches you how to day trade at a very high level. And everybody thinks when the market's volatile or there's a lot of dips, a lot of ups, a lot of downs, all got to stay away. Au contraire, there are day traders in this country right now today making thousands of dollars on this exact market. You can get there for $10. $10 today at TridayTrading.com. Stop getting out of bed every morning and saying, man, I hate my boss. I hate my job. I'm dreading going back to the office. Oh God, it's Monday. Those are the worst feelings. You know, when you get out of bed, you don't want to hate your job. Yeah. You don't want to be miserable driving to work. You want to be excited. You want to go downstairs in your own home because you work for yourself because you went to TridayTrading.com. You want to love your boss because you are your own boss because you went to TridayTrading.com. And you're going to take those vacations you've always thought about. You're going to live in the house. You're going to drive the car. Imagine that. If I said to you right now for $10, you can have the house of your dreams. You can have the car of your dreams. You can take that Disney vacation you think is out of reach. And all you got to do is put $10 into it. You would do that in a second. So do it today at TridayTrading.com. There's a little box in the middle of the screen. It says $10 trial membership. And listen, they're going to give that $10 to charity, tax write-off. It's your education, tax write-off, right? 
And if it's not for you, it's $10. You're done. You're out. You're back to your life, man. But I'm telling you, it is for you. I know so many people that have gone through the Tri-Day Trading Program. Yes. And it has changed their life. Thanks. $10. Make it happen today. Make sure in the drop down, you click the Monty Show. Tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show at TriDayTrading.com. Football at 50 in 10 minutes. We got to talk about Lamar Jackson, dude. Got to talk about Lamar Jackson. Uh, let's see. Jet G-Town says Utah doesn't want to leave the Pac-12 because they see it's going to be an easier path to a championship with USC gone. I mean, it is. Yeah. I don't think there's any doubt. This last year is going to be amazing. And by the way, by the way, Here you guys. We go. I, listen, Here you guys know. Look at me. You guys know how much I love Jake. He's my guy. That's all a lie. That's, you, that's a complete you lie. You know that Jake is all in on his guy, Coach Prime. And last week, we had this big argument about how Coach Prime's the best coach in the Pac-12 that anybody has ever seen, ever. Okay, I didn't say that. That was drop that motherfucker. That was Jake's exact quote. So, you know, last week, we had a huge debate about was Coach Prime one of the best coaches in the conference? I said no. Jake said yes. It is what it is. Then today, Super West Sports put out their uh, coaches ranking in the Pac-12. Uh-huh. So uh, number one is uh, <clears throat> Lincoln Riley. Right. Number two, Kyle Whittingham. But and you help me if I'm wrong. Do you spell Dion and pronounce it DeBoer? No. Because uh, DeBoer at Washington's three. Well, is Prime um, pronounced Smith? Um, oh, he's not. Uh, okay. Well, Smith um, at Oregon State is is number four. But do you pronounce Sanders like Lanning? You know. Because Lanning at Oregon is number five. Um, and I don't know about you, but Chip Kelly, that doesn't um, sound like. In God's name, image, and likeness. That number, I mean, Chip Kelly and Dion. see, I've never seen them in the same room. Okay, like I've never seen them in the same room. Facial they, recognition. Listen, they could be the same person. They, I mean, you know. I've never seen Chip Kelly and Deion Sanders in that. They're very similar people. I'm not too familiar with that. I mean, you could easily get them confused if they've been standing next to each other, which I don't think they ever have. Oh. But how is Chip Kelly's name above Deion Sanders? I don't know, man. I mean, this I, this, is, this, this is, I, I don't know how, I think jackass. somebody, yes, yeah, somebody needs to go over to Super West Sports and do a wellness check. Because clearly they use a lot of crack. Yeah, they do. I mean, how is Deion Sanders not listed? Your guy, Deion Sanders. Yeah. So I said, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I mean, you're saying all the right things for once. I mean, you're, you know. Should I, you're, I should probably stop. I'm just, I mean, you know. Yeah. You know, it's fine. It's fine. Crow sandwich will be thick. It's fine. <laughs> Cocaine and hookers, my listen, friend. Listen, when Deion goes undefeated. I mean, how do you like your how do you like your crow? Do you like your crow medium well? I would at least suggest medium because you get those fecal matters in there. You want to bake them out. Yeah, you got to you know you got to cook out all the germs. You know. What are you gonna do when he wins three or four games? I don't know. Tell you what, I told in the you first so. month of the season, yeah, I'm gonna I mean, party, fine, man. dude. When he's won three out of four games, like you know, it's probably different than uh, what you think. What am I gonna do when yeah. he's won three or four games? Depends. Is he four and zero? Oh? I'm going to be celebrating. <laughs> know your role and shut your mouth. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, Cougar Track says, can we all just get along? No. No. What?
Idiot. What? No. Stop. Um, Kurt Meyer says all the polls are rigged. Uh, Capazzo says Neon Dion, the best thing since sliced bread. That's right. Hey, uh, Louis Capazzo, the grand opening of Barbecue Pit Stop was this weekend in, yeah, in St. George. Yep. Let's go. Go get it. Let's go. Um, Jeff Johnson says, it's weird to see Monty's voice cracking so much like he's a teenager. I mean, any time, um, you know. You, you, I'm not sure what to say that. You know. Uh, Blazed Bunny. Every team not named Utah would hire Riley over Winningham. Okay. And they'd be wrong every time. Because, again, I don't this, mind. This is the crux of my argument yeah, last I, week. I don't mind I'm dying on the hill. Yeah. You, oh, you definitely died on the hill. So Kyle Winningham is the best coach in the Pac-12. It, it's okay. not even a conversation. Right. Right. Is he the most accomplished coach? No. That's Lincoln Riley. Is he the most successful coach? I think absolutely. His... What Kyle Whittingham has built at Utah, out of the mountain, into the pack, that just the 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 ramp up of talent. The, we built the, this program on NIL. The turn of his coaching staff, program. integrating NIL, which has been a real struggle on the hill. Lincoln Riley walked into USC. It's USC. Nice facilities, huge fan base, lots of huge racks with cleavage, like everything you need to lure dudes. Stay hard. You got it. Yeah, Kyle Winningham won the conference championship last year. Kyle Winningham went to the Rose Bowl. Without again. Eisman winner. Without. Without his starting quarterback. Without his best tight end. With, with Kyle Winningham's the best coach in the conference. I, I don't even think there is anything about that. Yeah, and that's why, that's, why I have, that's why I died on the hill last week. And everyone got all pissed off and said I'm stupid and... You know that well. That, that wasn't I, over Deion Sanders. I, no, but my but if you remember the crux of my argument with Dion is that is that Lincoln in year one has all these resources available to him, uh -huh. right? Like he's got Caleb Williams, USC. Uh, like but that's not his fault. I'm not. It doesn't matter if it's his fault or not. Does he have more resources available to him in year one than Dion? No. What do you mean? No. He's Dion brought talent with him, according to you, and look the. The stuff at Colorado, it's hard to get it's hard to go to school at Colorado. Uh-huh. It is very difficult. The just the academic standards alone. Just all those beautiful women walking around. Well, Bull, I'm hey you man, know. I'm telling you right now, Boulder's got some peaches on the trees. It's an erection. <laughs> year round, son. Like year round them peaches are on the tree. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the issue is it's not California, it's not sun and surf. Uh-huh. All I'm saying is that Dion's got to go and do something first. I don't care who's got more tools. Mm -hmm. I'm a little burned out on Dion's the greatest coach ever hype right now. Okay, and and just, just, the go way you're, just the same way you're burned out on that. Mm -hmm. I'm burned out on Super West tweets about how Lincoln Riley's the best coach in the Pac-12 because he's not. I don't disagree with that. He's not. I don't disagree with that. I mean, you want to talk about you want to talk about having to do something. How about you win the conference? By the way, the guy's only won what I think one bowl game in his career. I mean, you know. I know. I'm a Lincoln hater. I get it. But but we want to sit here and say that, that guys need to do something. And I feel like we 21. don't apply that ev uh, Here, evenly. I'll, I'll sing the drop for you. Thank 21. You. Yeah, yeah. Can you do something yeah. for me? Thank you. Right? Like, that's that's my Can you do something for like, me? That's my point. I think it's the lo the, the logic in the bar of success is not applied equally. That's all I'm saying. I, I think there's a huge bias towards Lincoln Riley. Um, Andrew says Lincoln Riley... 
OC, Whittingham, D.C., no head coach championship. Agreed. You ain't wrong. Agreed, bro. 100%. Don't be extra regular with the peaches. Damn right. Yeah. Damn right. You know, like, it's just, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, let's see. Christopher Shannon says, Whittingham won, Chip Kelly too. I'm sorry if you're offended by that. It is way too early for you to be drinking. Uh, Jason says, Riley is a media darling. Whittingham runs more of a physical program. Agreed. And Witt does not embrace the media. Doesn't embrace, he doesn't not, embrace but, anything. But by the way, neither does Lincoln Riley. Riley's not out doing tons of interviews. But I think that Lincoln, the difference is, and again, this is the USC, you know, Utah conundrum, right? Like, Riley doesn't have a choice. It's LA. Like, you're, you're going also, to do media. The, the thing where you and I park company on Lincoln Riley is, he also won a hell of a lot of games at he Oklahoma. He does. He wins a lot of games. And he's he, a specialist at producing guy, and Heisman. His, and his guys win trophies. Yes, and that's he puts what guys he does. in the NFL. But what he doesn't do, and this is where we part ways, as you just said, uh-huh. does not win national championships, and he does not win bowl games. Yeah, but you don't have to. No, you don't, you don't have, have to. to. You don't have to to be the best. Uh, Mike M says only LA media think Riley and USC is top in the conference. Well, Agreed. I got news for you. I think on the field this year, they're going to be awfully difficult to beat. I I just think that is, you know. Uh, the Kingston Bunch, Monty is a new Drake. Hey, Apparently. Man. 21. Yeah. Uh, Roger Dodger says USC is better this year, no doubt. Oh, there's no question. They're more. They, the scary thing is USC is more talented this year than they were last year, which is terrifying. It's terrifying. And even though his nails are still nicely painted, Caleb Williams has more weapons to work with, which is terrifying. And he will be more well-protected because I think they want him to run less and throw more. And it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be tough. Uh, Kenneth says, kind of like people thinking Utah good when they have six automatic wins. They have six automatic wins? Did you, were you aware that? I don't, I don't know who those six auto wins are that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, who are the six auto wins, dude? I they they do not have six auto wins. Kenneth, you're in that you mood know. again, bro. He is. In you're that you're mood. in that mood again. Uh, Bob Holsey says USC top team in the Big Ten. Oh, I don't disagree with that. I think they will quickly become that. I and think the it's other, USC in, in uh, Ohio State. But you know the other thing um, is football fifty ten of the hour every hour on the Monty program. Uh, presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you use promo code MATI25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. One of the interesting things before we get to Lamar Jackson and quarterbacks, I think this this Lincoln Riley traveling to cold weather thing, <laughs> I'm going to be interested in that. Because we see it routinely in Salt Lake City when teams come in to play Utah at Rice-Eccles. It's a real swooping. Yeah, make no mistake about it. There, There is an adjustment to playing football in really cold weather. I mean, oh, it, it hurts it, it, I mean, so much more. Like, firsthand, I've experienced it. I mean, you, you, you move from a warm climate in Phoenix to a cold climate in Utah, and 40 degrees feels terribly cold, and it's not cold at all. You know, I think it is going to be. The question is, in this whole conversation, I would love to get your comments on this. How good is the Big Ten? Because when we talk about hype machines and we talk about all this other crap in college football, the Big Ten, there is no bigger hype machine than the Big Ten. Yeah. Because, and let's throw in Penn State to help the Big Ten. Right. You are Ohio State, maybe Michigan, and Penn State. Because Michigan got humiliated. Right. 
I think I can make the argument in football. In in the postseason, they're a one-team conference, Ohio State. Right. One team. Maybe James Franklin and Penn State. Okay, maybe. Right. Michigan, until Jim Harbaugh wins something big, Jim Harbaugh yeah, ain't Michigan shit. Michigan game like, was embarrassing, I'm dude. tired. Excuse my French. I'm tired of hearing about it. Yeah. Because there there are not, like, somebody had a comment that there are six Utahs in the, or ten Utahs or whatever. No, there's not. not. There's not. And I think one of the things that drives me crazy is we can't have honest conversations because of the vitriol you have for an opponent. Yeah. I can tell you right now, as somebody that's a Notre Dame fan, I have a lot of respect for what Michigan football has done, but I know who Jim Harbaugh is. I covered him in San Francisco. I don't buy into him being some badass championship football coach. Yeah. He's got to win one before I'm ready to crown his ass because I'm tired of hearing about Michigan and, and all slacks. I'm tired of hearing about it. Because, frankly, Ryan Day has run circles around Jim Harbaugh. And I don't disagree that Jim Harbaugh's regular seasons the last two years have been sensational. Right. But what does that get you? To your point, what does it get you if you're Lincoln Riley and you don't win bowl games? You, you get jackasses sitting up here saying you're not a good coach. Okay, probably too much. But really, my point is that Jim Harbaugh, is a, it, to me, is an average coach. I don't think he is elite. But I, I okay, but the difference. So like, I love this comparison of Lincoln and Jim Harbaugh. The I think it's is, perfect. The difference is, is that Lincoln is regularly putting guys in the Heisman conversation, and they're regularly winning. The difference is, is that you can count on Lincoln Riley to be a fifty-point offense almost on a weekly basis, unless he's playing some guy named Kyle Whittingham, and then they score twenty-four points. Like that's the difference, and that's why I'm so passionate about this this concept of. Making sure that if we're we're gonna say, hey, Lincoln is successful, what is the bar of success? What what is the bar of success? Because on one hand, you can make a strong case that you can be an elite college football head coach without ever winning a national championship and being absolutely trash in bowl games. You can make that case if you're a big time on the Heisman and if you're an absolute ass kicker in the regular season, like 50, 60 points a week, like just owning teams. But my my opinion is, is that you at least got to be in the college football playoff every single year to be but in the elite group. I also think people want to sell the Pac-12 short. You don't accidentally have five double-digit win teams. Right. And by the way, UCLA won nine games. So you don't accidentally have five double-digit win teams. And they beat Utah doing that. Because I would ask you to go back and look at the Big Ten last year. How many off the top of your head? Off the top of your head. How many double-digit teams were there? Double-digit win teams. How many of them were there in the Big Ten? What if I told you it was three? I was going to say one, but... Three. It was Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. All of them in the East. Your best team in the West was Purdue at eight and six. Like, That's rough. You guys, the, you, you at least have to give respect where respect's due yeah. and earn. And I, I think Ryan Day has earned it. I think Penn State, James Franklin... They won the Rose Bowl, like... But they didn't win the games they needed to win. And those games were Ohio State and Michigan. Yeah. So you didn't earn it. But that's why you have to respect Kyle Whittingham as well. Because he won the games he needed to win. Yeah. 
right? He beat USC. Those are the games he needed to win. They did everything in the last month of the season they had to do to get into the conference championship game and play for another Rose Bowl. Who's Deion Sanders going to be? Well, I I, I don't know because I don't think we've ever seen a Deion Sanders before. Honestly, God, I don't. Yeah. I really don't think we've ever seen it. And I don't know that we've ever seen a Lamar Jackson either. Dude. Well, I, I don't know what to do. Okay, so if you guys don't know the, the numbers, Lamar Jackson is playing on a, a, a tag that allows him to be traded. Lamar Jackson was tagged. He can go out and negotiate a trade. If he doesn't get traded, he signs the tag and he plays for $32 million. Right. Lamar Jackson this morning tweeted as John Harbaugh, the head coach of the Ravens, was meeting with the media at the, at the, the NFL meetings in Arizona. He tweeted that he is demanding to, or that he had demanded a trade. Right. And this is not by accident. This is not by accident in any way, shape, or form. And don't kid yourself that it was. This was a hit piece, right? Lamar Jackson said a letter to my fans. I want you all to know not to believe everything you read about me. Let me personally answer your questions in regard to my future plans. As of March 2nd, I requested a trade from the Ravens for which the Ravens has not been interested in meeting my value. Any and everyone's that has met me or been around me know I love the game of football and my dream is to help a team win a Super Bowl. That's Lamar Jackson. A, I think it's absolutely brilliant. If we're being honest, this is brilliant tactician. Right. But here's the thing that Lamar can't get away from. There's nowhere for you to go, dude. Yeah. Who is Who has the opportunity to trade for Lamar Jackson? If you think about it right now in the NFL, who needs a quarterback? Okay, well, obviously Carolina, right? Carolina needs a quarterback. They got the number one pick in the draft. They're not going to pay Lamar Jackson. Right. Right? Buffalo, no. Miami, no. New England, no. Potentially New England. But would Belichick want Lamar to be his quarterback? But are you trading for a guy who will only sign with you if you give him 100% of his contract guaranteed and you pay him more than any other player has ever been paid in the history of the so, NFL? So this is what's fascinating about it, though. I, this, and this $50 has been the talk, million dollars a year. This has been the talking point all day. There are, there are pundits on ESPN saying that, hey, Lamar has never said that he is asking specifically for more than a Deshaun contract. He's never, you know, come out and explicitly said that. But my opinion is, is that his actions have basically said that for him. That, that you know, that he wants, obviously, fully guaranteed. But the number has to be more than Deshaun got. And that's what I think Lamar doesn't get. This tweet is smart. It is savvy. I agree with that. But at some point, you got to put to bed the narrative that you want more than Deshaun got. Because if you put that to bed, then I think you're signed really quick. I think Lamar Jackson wants $50 million a year. And I think he wants it fully guaranteed for five years. And I nobody's doing that. Yeah, I could see somebody doing two years, somebody doing three years. Nobody's giving him a hundo P. Yeah. Not at $50 bucks. And, and again, if you just go down the league, the Bengals know, Steelers know, Browns know. Jags no, Titans? Yes. Yeah, but are the Titans a, a $50 million a team? They're not a serious contender, but they need a QB. There's one team, it's the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. That's it. 
And if the Colts were going to, wouldn't they have already? That's the other thing that I'm struggling with. Right. Right? Because no team, by by all accounts, no team has stepped up and said, yeah, we want to do this. Yeah. Nobody has said and, that. But, and that was the whole point of the of the the tag, right? The whole point of the tag is so that you can go out and negotiate a trade for yourself. The non-exclusive franchise tag means that you can go out and talk to other teams and, and they have to give you some draft compensation and there are some particulars, but essentially you can go out and get traded for if you'd like to be traded for. That was the whole point of them doing the non-exclusive. So that's why I say this tweet is brilliant that he put it out as soon as John Harbaugh took the dais. But what did it really do outside of outside of aggravate the situation? Yeah. Like, Tom, and Tom, I think this is the common conception. This is weird from Lamar. How can he demand a trade when there's already a trade proposal from the team to everyone? There's not. There is not a trade proposal from the team to everyone. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. And yeah, you're going to say, well, it's two first round picks. No, it that is the standard. But... You can negotiate around that. Everything's negotiable, dude. Yeah, that it, it's not a, it's not a, uh, it's not a formula for a trade. The it's absolutely dude, the, not. The tag just gives you minimums. That's it. It just gives you a the, minimum. The baseline. tag, the tag is a starting point. Yeah, that's what the tag is. The yeah. tag is not a, a final. It's, it's none of that. Um, the only thing final in this life is a meatball marinara. At Papa Murphy's, we do more than just pizza. We do meatballs and marinara. Papa Murphy's does meatballs? Oh, oh, I think you mean I do the meatballs and marinara? And how do you do it, Dad? How do I do it? How do I do it? Oh, well, we do it with savory ground beef covered in tangy, tangy marinara. That's how, honey. At Papa Murphy's, we make great pizza. And don't forget the meatballs. Order now at PapaMurphy's.com. There you go, the meatball marinara. Make sure you get it. I'm telling you, it's the best decision you will ever make. Um, I'm I'm a huge fan. I did it again this weekend. Barbecue sauce on pizza. Yeah. Uh, it, it's time for you guys to like stretch your legs a little bit. Get crazy. Use traditional crust with barbecue sauce. You're casual. The meatball marinara. Made meatball sandwiches. Put them on a hoagie. Put them on a hoagie. Put a little chopped up red onion in the bottom of it. Put the meatball marinara in there. A little, mm. I'm telling oh you. Oh, my God. Just like that. Oh. So good. It is so good. It is the greatest thing ever. It is Papa Murphy's Pizza. Use the promo code Monty25 yes. to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. The Monty Show, as always, is presented by The Advocates. TheAdvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. And I know I'm going to say something that may shock you. The sun is out in Utah. What? Oh, bro. What? I know. Bro. I know. What are you talking about, man? Clean my eyes out. Yeah, what's going on now? It's sunny out? I believe that's sunshine. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Hunting in the wilderness. For the elusive, uh, what's the sun goddess's name? We'll call it Athena. For the elusive Athena, the goddess of sun, Jake continually shoots his shot but misses. But yet there's a Helios, 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 in all of her majesty, lurking on the plains and the high meadows 
of your snack. Anyway. Whoa. Right. Uh, Whoa. What? This is a family program. <laughs> what? <laughs> the high meadows and the greatness of your sandwiches. What program. You, get your mind out of the gutter, sir. Dude. Hello. Uh, yeah, it's actually sunny out. I just noticed that. The Monty <laughs> Show presented by The Advocates. Theadvocates.com. I'm telling you, man. Um, the best injury attorneys in the business. It was crazy. Driving to work this morning. What did we see? Accidents. And what else do you see? Accidents waiting to happen with Kai being like, okay, snowing a little bit, but wow, look at that. Jimmy sent me a text message. Hey, look at me. Why can you not get off your phone? I don't understand. I never ever 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 look ever don't lie to me ever look at anyway i don't want to don't lie, lie to me the point is don't look at your phone and drive don't do it and i've gotten better about it i've learned to put it in my pocket but there's so many people who are distracted drivers now you didn't deserve to get hit by a distracted driver whether you were walking on your bicycle or in your car that's not your fault you didn't deserve that but you deserve somebody to fight for you that's why you go to The Advocates. Theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business where you don't pay The Advocates until they win your case. In fact, you can chat with an attorney live online for free, for free. 24-7, theadvocates.com. There's a little chat box there. And if you're sitting here saying to yourself, you know, I hurt myself at work. I got in an accident or I got hurt at work. And I don't know any injury attorneys that handle workman's comp. <clears throat> Hello. Hey, I do. I got some friends. Theadvocates.com. The Advocates. They do workman's comp. Yeah. They do social security and family law. Theadvocates.com. You, you get hurt, call the Advocates. And if you're asking yourself today, man, do I need a lawyer? Yes. You do. Quick story. Mrs. Monty broke her arm up at uh, Park City snowboarding. Right. And now her one? insurance is fighting as to whether or not they should pay the ambulance claim because it's out of network but it's an ambulance you had no choice it's in network they insurance companies cannot be trusted man i'm no. telling you it is a pet peeve of mine not to rant on you it's a pet peeve of mine that we pay insurance all this money when you need them they're like yeah we're not gonna pay that sorry <laughs> not funny because yeah. it happens all the time get what you deserve go to somebody who can fight for you the advocates that's calm. Tell me you heard about it on the Monty show only after you hit the like button. Um, let's see. Jeremy Callahan says Maud T-boned my car. I should have called the advocate. You should have. There's no doubt about that. Christopher. Whoa. Christopher Shannon. Whose comment I lost now. Where is it? There it is. Uh, no, be your own lawyer. Do the Lamar. Don't. Do the Lamar. You'll end up bro. like Lamar and your friend will try hey, to represent hey, you. Hey, guys, guys, guys. Do the Lamar. Send out a tweet when you're in an accident. That'll help your case. <laughs> it's just dumb. It's dumb. Kelly Parks. What's up, Kelly? Good to see you. Still waiting for the news that my Sun Devils will be joining the Big 12. We'll see. Patience. You got to wait for the tournament to end. It yeah. is an unspoken rule that you don't break news when the tournament's going on. Yep. Uh, Jeremy Callahan also says, I think that text message was actually from Maude, not Jimmy. Could be. Dave said, I know the Suns got KD, but they also have CP3. Well, and they, I think tonight's a huge game. Yeah. By the way, did you guys see Tory Craig's video? <laughs> so Tory Craig apparently is not a big fan of Utah. Hey, I'm not happy. I hate it here. 
Okay. Dude. Bro. That's, come on. Dude, that, that is, is gangster. That is next level trolling. <laughs> that is next level trolling from, from the Phoenix Suns. Yes. Are you serious with this cat? Yeah. That is, that's next level trolling. I'm not happy. I hate it here. Dude. Hater, bro. <laughs> Hater. But give him some credit for that being funny. It is funny. That is absolutely funny. Yeah. There is no doubt about that. Um, good to see you guys. Good afternoon on the Monty Show. Uh, thrilled to tell you our friends at Barbecue Pit Stop have had their grand reopening uh, in St. George. Steve from Barbecue Pit Stop is going to join us here in about 20 minutes. Uh, tell you all about that. But... Woo, we got a lot going on today. Uh, NCAA tournament, uh, San Diego State is in the final four. Right. Good or bad? Uh, I think they've been a nice story. I'll, I'll say good on San Diego State. I think it is. For one year, I think this type of grouping is good. Now, for the Mountain West, it's fantastic, obviously. Commissioner Navarez will be on the show tomorrow. Um, Navarez? Never, never, I have to figure that out. Yeah, I think it's probably Navarez. But. It's N-E. Navarez. Navarez. Commissioner Navarez will be on the show tomorrow. San Diego State uh, and FAU on Saturday. In the early game, then it is uh, Miami and UConn in the late game on CBS. In Houston, Texas. You know. Miami, UConn. Yeah. San Diego State, Florida Atlantic. Excited. I'm... And I'm kind not of. trying to be a jerk about it. Kind of. But are, you cannot tell me you are super excited about that. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you're excited about yeah, that. Yeah, it's just okay. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not like, you know, Kansas and whoever. It's not Duke and whoever, UNC and whoever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, But again, I think for one year, yeah, I think it's fine. Yeah, I mean, I think the chaos that's been this bracket's been awesome. You know, I would I agree. Think, I think, you know, the the San Diego State Creighton game, you know, late game antics, time renew or uh, time review, like, you know, that type of thing. I, you know, like the foul call, right? Hey, was it a foul? Yes, it was absolutely a foul, dude. 100%, no doubt about it. Not here for, oh, well, they called the game light all game. So, but see, you know, I on. understand that. But in those situations, a foul is a foul. Yeah. And listen. I get why people are frustrated. That's a foul. And there is no doubt in my mind he should have been on the line. I understand why people were upset about the call because you had not made that call the entire time. I get it. But you made the call, and it was the right call. And that's why I say I, I just don't think – and I, look, Creighton fans should be pissed. But it is what it is, man. But what is but but San Diego State fans gonna be pissed if they don't blow the whistle there. You know what I mean? So for an official, it's a no win situation. But I just don't I, I don't buy into the whole like, hey, it wasn't a foul the whole game. It can't be a foul late in the game. I think the foul, not foul thing is even more important at the end of a game, yeah. especially in a college basketball tournament situation. I mean, you cannot push a guy in midair and think that that's a no whistle. That's just not how it works. Yeah, I think it was the right call. I mean, and I, wanna, I, again, I understand why people are all upset about it. I, I totally get that. Look, if you want to be pissed about hand checking, if they had, if they had whistled hand checking, okay, you've got a point can see where you're coming from yeah the kid is in midair shooting the basketball 
And he got pushed. There's just and no getting around it. your hand is on his hip in plain sight. And you closed your hand on his jersey. It's I mean, there's a foul. just no getting around it, dude. It is a foul. Yeah. Yeah, it, there, there's just no doubt about that. So, uh, Rick Olson says, get used to upsets because of the portal. I mean, you, you could be, you could very well be right. But my concern is for the greater good of college basketball. Right. Because I'm not a huge college basketball guy. I, I'm not passionate about it. I am far more passionate about the NBA. I think the transfer portal is far less of an issue than one and dones. And I think when you look at the, the mid-major, the mid-major has never been more able to win a national championship because the Blue Bloods are where the best kids go and they stay one year and then they go to the NBA. Yeah, That's the issue. So the, the mid-major has guys that are there two, three seasons. It's the, again, it's the Drew Timmy's at Gonzaga. Like, we pick, built this program on NIL. Pick your guy. Yeah. You, you, like, Drew Timmy is now a legend forever at Gonzaga. Yeah, well, I mean, he's been at Gonzaga for like 10 years now, right? Well, no. It, 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 see, why say things like that? You know it's been seven years. Gonzaga. Right? Like, why exaggerate? <laughs> but the point is, is that the portal... See, it's not just the portal, in my opinion. It's portal. I agree. Actually, it's NIL plus the portal equals mid-majors are having more success. And, and again, it was so funny. We were having a conversation earlier today about, you know, streaming and structure and money-making opportunities in the world. And, and, I, and I think the same logic applies in college athletics. Like, again, if you're, you know, again, San Diego State, perfect example. If you're San Diego State you know for a fact that if you can line up an NIL sponsor that's willing to pay a kid a couple hundred thousand dollars, let's say, just as a random example, yeah. you know that you're going to be able to say to that kid, okay, hey, you're a D1 five-star Lamborghini of a prospect. We want you to come and play and be an Aztec. And here, by the way, here's $300,000 to do it. That is why mid-majors are having success. And that is why this type of bracket I think will become more commonplace, but that does not mean it's good for college basketball. And I do think lowering the minimum age is going to have a huge impact on, on just the big picture overall. That's one of those deals where, where lowering the age, you already know that that could have a massive impact. Because if you lower the entry point into the NBA, then what are we really talking about? Now we're talking about NBA talent just skipping college altogether so what would you rather have? Would you rather have current minimum age, yeah. NIL, portal, mid-major, or all these guys just going straight to the league? That, I think, is complex. Or Walker Kessler going to the NBA. Yeah. Let's talk Utah Jazz basketball on the Monty Show. Are the Utah Jazz tanking? <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry, frog in my throat. Um. Uh, Jazz and Suns tonight. I even hate bringing it up. I hate bringing it up. You're a douche. Are the Utah Jazz tanking tonight? They're plus seven, <laughs> 234. <laughs> to the Phoenix Suns. Larry Markinen is questionable tonight. Oh, is he? Clarkson, Sexton, and Gay are all oh, out. Oh, okay. So I'll simply ask, is Damian Lillard an option for the... the <laughs> <laughs> oh, but can it, game time but, come to Salt Lake? But isn't this where we are? With the Utah Jazz? I think it is. And yeah. one of the things I think is so interesting about this Jazz team is that when you look at the situation with the Jazz, I think one of the things that stands out so clearly to me is they've handled this season masterfully. And you have, what, 
two weeks, two and a half weeks to go. I don't have any problem with this team holding Laurie Markkinen out. The fall he took the other night was terrifying. Right. Honestly. Right. Jordan Clarkson's not going to be here, and Colin Sexton isn't of consequence. I think what we're seeing out of Walker Kessler becoming this elite rim runner, I think this is far more important. And I think when I look at Walker Kessler and I look at the contribution he's made, I think Walker Kessler is a guy you've got to put all of your development time and effort into because I look at a 30-point a, a, a thirty point double-double, I believe it was, 30 and 14, uh-huh. out of Walker the other night. That's spectacular. Yeah, And he did that without those guys in the lineup. And watching Walker Kessler and Ochai Agbaji develop into this phenomenal one-two punch, I think that's what the Jazz need to develop. You need to grow their ability together. Are you going to play them in summer ball? I have no idea. I would play Ochai Agbaji every minute that you can get him. Yeah, I think that Walker Kessler's earned his way out of Summer League, in my opinion. I don't know that I'd run him out for Summer League. I think that that he has shown you what he's capable of. I mean, again, you know, 31, 31 and 11, you know, in 34 minutes, 14 yeah. to 16 from the field. Like, he's showing you that he can dominate. And I think, you know, the big thing for me, the only reason I would run him out in Summer League is to work on the three. That would be the only reason I'd run him out there. I, I would literally tell him, like, hey – this is your purpose this summer is to get stronger. Cause again, my big thing with Walker is the dude needs to just lift weights. You need to get stronger. You need to get more physically imposing without losing your athletic, um, you know, ability and prowess. If you will, I don't want him to bulk up, but I just need him to be able to bang a little bit on the block. And I think that, you know, when I look at a box score that has him playing, you know, again, 34 minutes and having 31 and 11, what more could you ask for? I think the only the only other thing would be screen setting. I think he's a little weak in that area. I think he leaves the the screen a little bit too soon. I think he likes to roll up on the defender and then he just not he's just not comfortable with it yet. So they need to develop him in a couple areas, but I would be fine either way, honestly. If you don't want to run him in Summer League, I think he's earned his way out of Summer League. At the same time, though, I think it's crucial for this team's championship aspirations that Walker Kessler develops a three-point shot because we know he has it in the bag a little bit, but he needs game speed reps. And for me, I think if you ran him out, you know, 15 minutes a game in the Summer League, take five threes a game when we give you 15 minutes and let's see what happens, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But the last thing you need is for him to pick up an injury in summer league. So it's kind of this this give and take. And I also think the thing you got to consider is three first round picks in this year's draft as it's, you know, as a situation develops on a nightly basis. With that being the no. case, you know that those guys are obviously going to be in summer league. So to me, I I I just look at Walker Kessler and I and I'm circling him with a red sharpie on my roster board if I'm, you know, Danny Ainge and you know, Justin Zanuck and Will Hardy, I'm circling him and I'm saying, hey, that's a building block all day long. No doubt about it. Lori, you know, for me, Lori is going to be someone that other teams are going to ask about. They're not going to trade Lori, but he's definitely someone that I'd be calling the Jazz about. So that's a little different. He's not like a homegrown guy. You traded for him. He's secure right now. But, and tell me if I'm being a jackass once again, but if someone called with the right offer or the right price, you know, that's somebody that I could... See, you know what I mean? I'm not saying they want to trade him, but you kind of see the difference between Laurie and Walker. Walker's a guy you drafted. He's in your system. You're developing him. So there's a difference. Yeah. Uh, by the way, by the way, Jake, you're going to have to pull it out. Okay. 
Because Taco in Texas, new member of the yeah, show. Yeah, we talking uh, carne asada or Let's chicken? Let's go. Let's go. Welcome to the show. Uh, by the way, thank you, McKenna Tech Dan. He's donated boy, five Dan. more memberships. Let's go. Let's Dan, go. who's picking up the memberships? Let's go. Love it. Everybody gets excited. Make sure you guys hit the like button. Give us a thumbs up. That really helps the channel grow. Taco and Tech, welcome to the channel. Kurt Meyer says, pull it out, Jake. Yeah. Tanner Plummer says, let's go. Ooh, Tanner, 4 nothing to St. Louis? It's embarrassing, dude. Hell, Salt Lake, come on. Dude, it's embarrassing. Kurt Meyer says, Dan, you're the man. Uh, the Kingston Bunch says, let's go, Dan. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it, 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 again, you guys, the community we've grown, if you want to become a member, um, there's the link. Or you can pick up one of Dan's free memberships. We always appreciate uh, the folks that uh, give away memberships. Thank you for that. Um, always, always appreciate that. But yeah. I think with the Jazz, I don't believe that. I just don't believe it matters. I, I'm. I mean, I'm sure they are doing everything they could do to make sure their guys are as close to 100% before they return to the court as possible. <laughs> Cannot risk injury. These guys have long careers ahead. I think that's HIPAA. He had a headache. A not, oh, you have a headache? Okay, non-COVID injury. Okay. Um, non-COVID um, illness, um, right? Like, that's what we get. And I don't I, – I, I, do you have a problem with that? I mean – for your season ticket holders, I'm sure they're not thrilled about it. I mean, what do you, what do you have here? I mean, let's see. I, you know, you've got. You don't dude, have a whole lot to run out there. You don't have. You don't have a whole lot left as far as the schedule is concerned. I mean, it, it, again, like if you look at the standings, I mean, they're they're ninth in overall in the league. Yes. You know, when you look at the entire league, you're ninth uh, from the bottom, which is a nice spot to be. Um, you know, I and, and what's funny. You know, this situation in Dallas, because Dallas is 10th uh, worst in the league. Oh. Dallas is just, yeah. I, I don't know how you explain what's happening in Dallas other than it just hasn't worked out. And, <sighs> and, and I don't, I, I agree for once, and I, I can't believe I'm saying this. I agree with the people saying it's not all on Kyrie. I think it's there's not. a good bit on Kyrie, but it's not all on Kyrie. No, this thing with Luka is ridiculous. What, what did you think about the fans booing? guys put him in a spot here, but probably, yeah, you know, uh, this season hasn't been what we think it was going to be, <coughs> uh, but, you know, we still got time to make up. But uh, you got to answer the question. This has always been my problem with Luka Doncic. He won't answer the question. You know, he loves being in front of the media when he hits a game-winning shot or plays well and they win. But then the times get tough. Oh, you guys are putting me in a spot here. And oh. they played so poorly, the fans booed them off the floor. When Kyrie was asked the same question, did he dodge it? You think when you hear the fans booing, you're down 18 in the third quarter. So, so what? Um, just the way I feel about it. I've been in New York City, so I know what that's like. Um, you know, you obviously want to play well, but, you know, it's only five people on the court that can play for the Dallas Mavericks. If the fans want to change places, then I mean, hey, be my guest. Got years of work ahead of you to be great enough to be on this level. But uh, um, that our focus isn't necessarily on the booze. It should be on our performance. 
and just being there for each other. Boozer, it's part of me. I, I can't even believe I'm going to say it out loud, but I don't like Kyrie Irving in any way, shape, or form. I mean, America's favorite anti-Semite dude got it right. I don't You're care. I played in New York. I get it. Luka Doncic has probably not been booed much at home in his entire life. Yeah, and including in Europe. He's not mentally tough. He's not a winner. And he's not faced much adversity in his basketball career. Yeah. And he wants to say he's got off-court stuff. He very well may. Part of being a professional is dealing with things off the court yes. that impact your game. That's just the reality of it. Yes. Right? Like, what would you say to what would you say to anybody on the Jazz if it were, well, hey, you're losing games and the fans are booing. Is he going to say, well, my mom's sick? No, you're going to say, well, because we're not very good. Well, remember what Will Hardy said. I mean, it's the famous, it's the famous quote, right? Like, you just have to, like, snap out of it. You just have to, like, I, I believe Will Hardy said at one point this season, um, you know, when there's more jerseys in front of you that are the other team, you should probably pass the ball. I mean, we literally yeah. talked about whether that was going too far or if that was proper. And I think, you know, it's that kind of answer that I think is proper. And I think Kyrie is a douche. I think he's self-serving. I think the guy is incredibly selfish, but... In this instance, I think he got it right. And yeah. I do I, think he got it right. Like, I think Dallas needs a little bit more of this. Like, I've always maintained that that Luka is soft. And, and, and for everything that Devin Booker is not in the series against them and losing by 50 and all the mistakes. I think when you hear the fans booing, you're down 18. I feel good about saying that Devin Booker is is mentally tough enough to get to the NBA Finals. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. And it's just... This is the problem with Kyrie. Kyrie is good. He's not going to make your team win. He's not. And Luka is incredibly selfish. He is not enjoyable to play with. And guys struggle to integrate with him. Whether it's Kristaps Porzingis or, I mean, any number of guys who have left there. Hold on, hold on. Sorry, I don't mean to cut in. I, we have a Mrs. Monty appearance in the chat right now, apparently. Yeah, I don't. She says, "Where's my music?" What do you mean? Where is she? Has she become a member? I don't know. Like, where is she? Is a member? Mrs. Miss it. Wait, Mrs. Monty joined them. <laughs> <laughs> she has hijacked the show, bro. How did you jo like? What? What the? Oh, did she pick up one of Dan's memberships? She, yes, she was gifted a membership by McKenna Tech Dan. Can't explain it, bro. I, I don't. I. You cannot make this stuff up it. if you wanted to. Um, thank you, Dan. Greg Romano. Let's go, Greg. Gifted a membership by McKenna Tech Dan, yeah. and Dan's memberships are all gone because Schrader picked up a membership. Let's go. How on earth are you picking up a? She said thank you. Thank you. Okay. 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 Kurt Myers again says, pull it out. We really did. And McKenna Tech Dan, uh, whoa, comment dump. Hang on, Kurt, pull what out? I'm late to the party. <laughs> Do we really? We, you, it's beyond explanation. You'll pick it up as we go along. Yeah. 
Uh, Tom says the way you two talk about Luca is how all the Jordan haters talk about Jordan, but Jordan won. Yeah, by the way, uh, and Jordan Jordan's, never quit. Hey, Jordan's six and zero in the finals. Hey, Jordan's got two three peats. Uh, hey, that's all I'm saying. Jordan's an absolute savage. Luca's not. Okay, so thanks. Have a yeah, nice day. That's all I'm saying. Make sure uh, you give us a thumbs up, hit the like button. That really helps the channel grow. Lopes fan Gabe, I'd rather Jake not pull it out for his mom. Thanks. Whoever came up with that shit need to be fired. Yeah, you did just kind of pull it out. <laughs> I'm just. I I just work here. I mean, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't, just do what I'm told. Yeah. I mean, you know, I do what I'm told. Yeah. Uh, Mike M says Luca is in Jordan. That ultimately is the issue. here. Yeah, dude. Is I think again, it's fandom and I, I understand fandom. I totally understand fandom. I get it. Luca is Luca is not any, is he special? Yes. Is he a spectacular offensive player? Yes, he is. Does he deserve respect on a certain level? But the tantrums, this is where the tantrums, yeah. throwing the water bottle, the yelling at the official, the diving on the floor, the all of that stuff, that's where this comes back to get him. Well, and I think what's interesting about Luca's situation is if we look ahead and speculate, which we all love to do, I know. What? Kyrie, the Kyrie Irving trade essentially gutted Dallas, right? Like you give up Dorian Finney-Smith, you give up Dinwiddie, some draft compensation, like you're essentially giving up perimeter defense. You are. You're not. You're not bolstering your your interior defense at all. And Kyrie Irving is going to be a free agent. So if you're Luca, are you not just playing out the string now? Are you not? Are you just not completely unmotivated? You are. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. But this also goes to the Embiid Jokic thing tonight. This is upsetting for sure. The Sixers are in Denver. Jokic versus Embiid, the MVP race. Joel Embiid will not play tonight. Yeah. And there's no other way to say it other than he is he is dodging Jokic. I, I don't know how else you... I don't know how should you describe that. He is dodging Nikola Jokic. Which I really don't understand. But I think he does it often. And I, one, I think Denver's an incredibly difficult place to play. Right. I think they're on a road trip that's been incredibly difficult. And I think that... You are coming down to the home stretch. I don't think they care necessarily if they win or lose in Denver. And I think this is probably that's it, I mean there's no other way to say it than he would have to work hard to guard Nikola Jokic. Um and I think he doesn't want to do that. And actually, from a tactical standpoint, I don't think it's the end of the world. Uh -huh. I don't think it, I'm not saying that I like the idea because I think if you're Joel Embiid, you should play every game. You're the MVP of the NBA. Yeah. But I understand it. I understand it because beating Denver on March 27th is irrelevant. It, it, it's irrelevant. We talk about this on the show all the time. Right. What wins really matter? Joel Embiid beating Jokic in June is far more important than Joel Embiid beating Jokic in March. Yeah. That's the part that I think we don't love. But I understand it. Now the Jazz City marketing, okay. I'm not gonna use the I'm not gonna use the T word here. I'm Cleveland, not doing it. Cleveland's two games behind you in the standings, you know. Other than that, Come you're on. safe. You're fine. Come on. This is not the end of the world. Yeah. This is not the end of the world. All right. We talk about them every day on the show. We tell you the reason that you need to go to barbecue pit stop. Logan Layton Lee, hi, the Jeezy. Murray, right across from the mall. It's the store I got my Traeger at. We. We. Two O's in Traeger. There's Thank no you. O's in Thank Traeger. You. But that's not really a point. Steve Johnson from uh, Barbecue Pit Stop joins the program. 
Steve, pretty big weekend for you guys at the old uh, bbqpitstop.com. It was a big weekend. We had uh, a grand opening down in St. George, a grand reopening. Uh, we've got uh, some exciting things happening down in St. George. And then some more breaking news is uh, we we are going to have a store shortly in Payson, Utah. So Let's go. Right? Wow. We've got, we got a lot of people asking for a store in, in southern Utah County for for like the last three years. And and uh, April 15th, we have a grand opening in, in Payson, Utah. In West uh, Western Hills Meats, we will have a barbecue pit stop located with, within Western Hill Meats. Wow. That's Congratulations. amazing. Like, see, and I think this is one of the things we talk about entrepreneurs all the time. And let's talk about, let's, let's, let's hear some gloating and back padding and self-aggrandizing <laughs> because you are, at, you are an amazing entrepreneur. I think what you guys have built, not only in your business at Barbecue Pit Stop, but in all the things that you do, I mean, you are one of the hardest working dudes we know. So how difficult is it to build a brand like Barbecue Pit Stop to the level that you guys have? Because I mean, you guys are, when it comes to, I say every day on this show, Steve, I swear, that when you think about the best equipment in barbecue, you think barbecue pit stop and vice versa. Like you guys have built a real brand. What has gone into that? I think it's, it's a team effort for sure. You know, we have some tremendous team members that, that uh, been with us for a long time. And, you know, and, and it really comes into, or it comes down to partnerships too. We partner with some, some local brands like Traeger and, and Camp Chef, and then some great, you know, American made brands like Yoder um, and so, you know, it really is a team effort. It's not something we can do on our own. Um, and, it, and it's just being passionate about what you're doing. Right. And we, we're yeah. definitely passionate about not only providing the best, uh, quality products, but also providing an experience that you're not going to get elsewhere. Yeah. And I also think the level of service that you guys offer, whether it's, you know, the little things like the chat box on your website, or, you know, how many times has Clinton helped one of our listeners, because we tell people every day that you you can't literally you literally should not wake up and have breakfast if asado seasoning's not involved. Like I mean, these are things that are staples of our <laughs> lives as men. So we tell them every day to go in and see Clinton. And I cannot tell you how many people have said, "Oh, that was going into Lehigh was the best experience," or going into you know Layton was the best experience. Like you guys just have this team of people. What's the customer service philosophy at Barbecue Pit Stop? That is that is where it started and that will always be our, our number one priority um you know it's part of that that customer experience it's got to be genuine um we genuinely care about barbecue and we genuinely care about the satisfaction of our customers and so really if, if you're not if you're not checking those two boxes yeah I, I just that's that's what's number one for me in business um is just making sure that that you, that you're you're doing it the right way and if you do it the right way good things will happen and and we've been rewarded by you know uh really loyal customers that have have been loyal to us as a, I think is a reflection of the customer service that we've provided. And so, well, and you have these unbelievable stores. I mean, I saw, I saw the, the Instagram stuff, uh, from St. George. I mean, what a beautiful store. Talk about the, talk about the footprint in that store. Talk about what you get when you go in. Yeah. So St. George is one of our largest stores. It's a, uh, something around 3,500 square feet, I believe. And, mm. um, yeah, it's, it's, it's about a half a block off St. George Boulevard. Um, they've got a room for a classroom, so they, they'll do classes at the St. George location. Um, they, and then just all the, the rubs and sauces and the Traegers and, the, and uh, outdoor kitchens. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's just a really full-featured full store as far as it's got all, everything that Barbecue Pit Stop offers and, uh, and a really great staff to boot. So. 
Well, and I also think it's interesting. We've been obviously to every barbecue pit stop, but that new store in St. George, um, every store is a, is it has a different vibe about it, which I think is really cool. Like if you go up to Logan, I mean, that store is crazy. That Logan store, I mean, they, they have every piece of equipment, I think, on planet Earth uh, that you could ever, they, that might be the Yoder capital of the world at that store, man. Like, Logan's got great equipment, but every one of your stores has a bit of a different vibe. Yeah, you brought up Logan, and Logan's got its own meat counter, and they, you know, we, we do our own brats out of the Logan store. And so, yeah, you're right. I mean, and that's, that's kind of what makes it fun and unique, and people, uh, you know, I think, the, each each community has kind of got their own vibe, right, and their own way about you know going about things, and and I think you, that's definitely representative in our stores. And so yeah, I'm yeah. glad you noticed that. So why Payson? What you know? What are we gonna? What is what's what's that store going to be about? Where is that store going to be? How did you guys end up there? So that's yeah, good questions. Um, so it's it's right near Mountain View Hospital. Um, mm. It's kind of on the end of it's on the end of Main Street and. If you take Main Street from Spanish Fork all the way into Payson, you'll basically run right into it. Um, it's it's a, a new model where we're partnering with uh, uh, Western Hill Meats. Uh, they've been in the meat space for a long time, and and they have a great reputation in the meat space. But they they wanted to, and they uh, recognized the the reputation we have, and so they wanted to partner. On you know, they're good at meat. We're good at at barbecue and supplies, and. And so it's just, it's kind of a unique partnership there. And we're just excited to be down in Southern Utah County. Yeah, I think it's a great spot. I think it's genius by you as usual. But the thing that we really wanted to have you on was to tell us all about your barbecue competition stuff that you do. Because we're huge. We are huge. I have, I'm a huge barbecue fan, as you are aware. Um, I am a, I'm a brisket guy, but we, you and I have had a couple of conversations about like competitions. How crazy is the competition circuit these days? So yeah, Utah, I've been involved with, with competition in barbecue or competition barbecue in Utah for about the last 11 or 12 years. And mm. the growth I've seen as far as the quality of cooks we have in Utah, you know, over that 12 years is, is it's improved dramatically. So we were just recently out in uh, the Dallas Fort Worth area at the stake national championship the sca national championship and there were uh let me think about this about 90 qualifiers for across the whole country that made it into the finals and oh utah had historically had maybe one to two we had seven people qualify this year too and we had people finish in the top 20 in the in the um top 20 in the world and then in ancillaries we had some people finish even better than that and so yeah these contests the the, the level of Competition is, is heated up dramatically. Barbecue Pit Stop, uh, we, we put on a series annually called the Bar Barbecue Pit Stop Steak Championship Series. And that's uh, seven events throughout the year. And we anywhere from St. George to, to, uh, to uh, Logan and, and uh, anyway, all over the, the Wasatch. Yeah. Anyway, and there's steak contests with ancillary. So we have steak cooks and then there we have more culinary-minded people doing you know, pizza to appetizers to desserts. And yeah, it's, it's, it is highly competitive. Oh, did I lose him? Oh, we did. We lost him. Bummer. Did we get you back, Steve? I there think, he is. I think I'm back. 
I don't know. There he is. <laughs> there we go. Well, hey man, I, you know you're you're a great partner of ours. You certainly are one of our you know our one of our fan favorites. There's just no doubt about that, man. We appreciate you and everything you do. So congratulations on on uh, the Payson store. I I cannot wait. We will we cannot wait to browse through there. We'll be through St. George inevitably because it feels like we're always in St. George. But uh, we love it. We appreciate you, man. Thanks for joining the show. Thanks, guys. There you go, Steve from Barbecue Pit Stop. You guys, he, he is he, best of the best. He dude. is the best of the best, and he's just such a good guy. And we talk about this all the time. Yeah, all of the people at any of the barbecue pit stops you go to, they're just salt of the earth. I'm telling you that they are they are the best of the best. And listen I, to me, listen to me. If you have if you have a business that is competing professionally in in barbecuing, right? They're 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 competing. They're doing, they're, they're succeeding. Like if they can do that at that high of a level, cause that is definitely not easy to do. And I'm not an expert by any means, but I know for a fact that that is a serious challenge. Oh yeah. If they can do that, then you can, then, and if you don't, if you, you don't believe us, believe that because if they do that, they can help you with literally anything like wings, brisket, and, and everyone sleeps on it. But I'm telling you the veggie side of smoking and barbecuing oh, yeah is legit so go into one of their locations man yeah logan layton lehigh saint george all of our good friends in the gc i'm telling you get to the new barbecue pit stop because they're really it's a beautiful store follow barbecue pit stop on instagram and it's what we always talk about that level of service that equates to a great end result for you on your smoker at home and i just i think it is the way we do things in utah like my my Ironwood 885, I love that thing. They have an Ironwood XL now. Um, I'm a Traeger guy, but trust me when I say Yoder, you know, Big Green Egg, my buddy Justin, yeah. has one of those massive Big Green Egg smokers. Like, it's just spectacular. Anything you get at uh, Barbecue Pit Stop, uh, you will not regret that. BBQPitStop.com. And again, seriously, chat with them online. You can ask them questions. They'll reply yes. to you. Like, it's awesome. You can shop online as well at BBQPitStop.com. All right. 440. Man, the show is just out flying. of control flying, flying. by. Uh, let's get you reset up uh, on the program. Obviously, I think the biggest story today is a San Diego State to the Pac-12, you know, Gonzaga to the Big 12. However you would like to to slice that, change is coming to college athletics. There's, exactly. there's just no doubt about that. If I had to put you on the spot, San Diego State more likely to the Pac-12 or Gonzaga more likely to the Big 12? Yeah, I mean, I think right now, un unequivocally, it's Gonzaga to the Big 12. I mean, I, I just, I, I, I don't see, there's there's just no hurdle as to why you wouldn't do it. That That's the thing with Gonzaga and the Big 12. Gonzaga being predominantly a basketball school, yes, they have other sports. Yes, those sports will, will transfer over to the Big 12. But but Gonzaga being known for basketball, I just think it's a perfect match. And I think that, you know, the Big 12 had a had a pretty decent showing in this year's tournament. Obviously, I think we can all agree that K-State wanted to go farther. We all wanted more, you know, uh, Jerome Tang locker room videos. But we're not going to get that. But they still had a nice tournament. And I think that, you know, the Big 12 is, is, is a conference that is on the forefront you know you look at whether whether it's the jerry world combine deal whether it is the the analytics deal whether it is the rucker park deal um you know gonzaga getting to the big 12 would just add to the ledger and, and i really do believe that brett yormark is not of the mindset that he wants to 
you know, one for one, straight up, take down the Pac-12. I think what he wants to do, though, and I think what the strategy is, is to just build so much momentum, dominate the media share space so much that the Pac-12 doesn't really have another way to go about it. So, so he's not sitting here saying, okay, we need to take out the Pac-12. What are we going to do to do that? What he's saying is, hey, we need to grow our conference and we need to secure our conference's future to the best of our ability. But as a sidebar to that, what would help us garner attention from Arizona State and Arizona and Colorado and Utah and Washington and Oregon and all these other expansion realignment prospects? And that's why I think the Gonzagas of the world, Gonzaga to me is the first domino that falls. You hear that term all the time. Well, we're just waiting for a domino to fall. I'm telling you, Gonzaga is that first domino. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I, I tend to agree with you. I think they will probably be the first big story. Although there's a lot of people who believe that San Diego State's already signed up for the Pac-12. But I don't know how you do that before they announce their TV deal. So all the momentum is on the Big 12 side. I think Gonzaga to the Big 12, I, 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 I can't believe it does not happen. Yeah. I think with the, a, a, week, a week from now, I, I would... I would think we would really get into the hot zone on that. I like and Gonzaga. And it is, I think Brett Yormark loves Gonzaga. Gonzaga. And I think it's one of those things where it brings a lot of value to his TV partners. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's one of the biggest things. There's no question about that. Well, and it's your first foray into the Pacific time zone too, which I also think is crucially important. Yeah. And I, I think if you can, if you get Gonzaga, all bets are off. Yeah. Because I think now this idea and Brett Yormark has talked a lot about this, this, you know, the ability to grow basketball. Right. Right. And the ability of the conference to continue to, to thrive with, with new membership in the Western time zone. I think that's huge. Yeah. And I think when you listen to Brett Yormark talk about, you know, things like creating value in basketball, I think you can't help but believe that they're going to add Gonzaga. We'll explore opportunities to further monetize basketball when we go back into the market after this new TV deal. So I think everything we do from now till then is all about value creation and how can we position ourselves to monetize basketball in all the right ways. I'm convinced we can do that. Um, the strength of our conference obviously will dictate much of that. And as I said earlier, with Houston coming in, we get that much stronger. And who knows where expansion takes us and what that means for our, you know, our, our basketball program, both men's and women's. So. I think that's exactly right. I think when you look at what Brett Yormark is doing, I don't know how if you are the Pac-12 or if you are George Klyovkov or anybody trying to compete with him. I, yeah. I mean, it, it's, there's just no there's no competition. Yeah. There's no way to, to compete with him. How he will, how he will George Klyovkov come back to bring the conference, any kind of stability. I don't know how you, if you're the PAC 12, what is it? What would have to happen for the big 12 to fall behind you? Yeah. Well, I don't think, I, I don't think there's anything really that can happen. And, and, and I think again, you know, this is why having the Mountain West Commissioner on tomorrow on the program is such an important thing because I, th I think everyone everyone on the Big 12, Pac-12 thing obsesses on the Big 12 and the Pac-12. But I yes. think there's also this huge conversation around those two, right? Around the battle that they those two seem to find themselves in. And I think the Mountain West is uniquely positioned 
to take advantage of it. Honestly, like if you look at the Mountain West, you know, they're they're both geographically and financially in a position where you can add, um, you know, what, an Oregon State, let's say, or what just the remnants of what will be the Pac-12. Because yeah. my stance, again, has always been and will continue to be at some point, the Pac-12 will melt down at some point. And if it's not now, great, right? And, and I'm not rooting for them to melt down. I just think it's a fact of life. I think that you're in a hole so deep now that there is no way out. Now you're you're in a place where even if you do get this media deal done, and really they, they know the numbers, it's more about the grant of rights at this point. So we really should be saying if they get their grant of rights done, when that happens, you're just treading water at that point yeah, because that's because that's going to get done. But then you got to consider the Oregon's and the Washington's of the world are going to be looking at the Big Ten. You've got the the cute little nomenclature of the four corner schools that's looking at the Big Twelve, and then you've got the rest. Which where are they going to go? Well, they're <laughs> going to go know. to the Mountain West if the Mountain West had their way, in my opinion. But again, that's my opinion. So we'll ask the commissioner tomorrow about that. But I'm just telling you guys in this conversation. Whether it's Gonzaga, whether it's the Four Corners, Oregon and Washington, whoever you want to talk about, just remember that it's not just the Big 12 and the Pac-12. It's also the Mountain West because I think they are in a great spot to improve off of this. Yeah, and I, I think having Commissioner Navarez on tomorrow from the Mountain West with San Diego State in the Final Four, I think we got a great, great bit of karma on that. Like I, I, I'm so excited to talk to, to her because I think Again, I think the Mountain West is uniquely positioned to win and win big. Yeah. That is, there is no question in my mind that no matter what ends up happening with the Pac-12, whether they survive or not, I think that you are going to have lonely schools that need a place to call home. Facts. And I think if you, if you can get that done, their, they, their last TV deal quadrupled their, their per school income. Yeah. Now, it only went up from one to four million. But still. But if you get to 10 million... As, yeah. a, as a smaller conference, that's phenomenal. But I think it's really important what you said there. Like, it only went from one to four. But for them, that's a big jump, dude. Like that, Huge like, jump. And, and I think this all goes back to, like, I, I don't think we should, not that you are, but I think a lot of people look down on the Mountain West and say, oh, what's the Mountain West? Like, Utah can go back to the Mountain West. Like, we hear that all the time in our comments section. And it's like, I don't think that we should be saying, oh, the Mountain, like, we shouldn't be referring to the Mountain West in, like, a derogatory way or some negative-ass thing. Like, it's not like that. I think the Mountain West has done a great job growing, and now their next opportunity to grow is on the horizon. It's coming. It's And, and in fact, it's probably closer than on the horizon. It's almost right in front of them, and I think you just, you have to be ready. But I think Commissioner Navarro has done a good job understanding, hey, we are that conference that can lose schools to to P5s, but we can also gain schools from realignment. And I and that's what intrigues me about that. Yeah, I, I don't know. The whole thing is fascinating to me. By the way, a little breaking NFL news. Uh, Brian Gutens. Yeah, the dude that runs the Packers. Brian Gutkunst, the uh, GM of the Packers, just held a impromptu news conference at the... NFL meetings in Phoenix and said there is no agreement in place for Aaron Rodgers um, to be traded to the um, Jets. And, you know, maybe there's no finer way to kick off football at 50 uh, than with that. Like, I mean, we, we've talked all about this Lamar Jackson situation. We've talked all about, you know, the, these, these quarterbacks, they absolutely run the league. Yeah. And, and it, it's amazing to me that... 
you have a general manager having to have a a major at a major event having to have a news conference talking about whether or not Aaron Rodgers is going to be traded to the Jets. It, it's it is yeah. shocking to me. You have this on top of the situation with Lamar Jackson. Lamar really has nowhere to go because if the Colts were going to make that deal, wouldn't they have made that deal already? Yeah. I mean, I have to believe that they would have, yeah. but they haven't. I mean, the Lamar situation is 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 you know, it's unique in the sense that Lamar has handled it without an agent and I think has made some unprofessional decisions. Oh, it's been a disaster. But, but at the same time, for the league, I also think it's making the league uncomfortable because Lamar Jackson is, without a doubt, one of the most entertaining quarterbacks on TV. Notice I didn't say he's one of the best, but from a fan perspective, he is entertaining to watch play football. Yeah. And I think that for the NFL, they don't care if you're the best. They care if you make them money. And Lamar makes them money. And I think Lamar is just is just a pain in your ass at this point. And I think, you know, Lamar tweeting today, as soon as John Harbaugh stepped onto the mic, is both savvy and idiotic. It's savvy in the sense that, hey, you put, a, put gasoline on a fire that's already roaring and you doubled its size. At the same time, though, I think it's very clear that you're unprofessional, that you don't understand how to handle a situation, mainly because you're not an NFLPA certified agent and you don't have an NFLPA certified agent to handle the situation for you. So I don't love the way he's going about it, but I understand why, you know, he's so adamant about getting paid because if you take less, you're, you're affecting the market. So it's like this give and take if you're Lamar. Yeah, I think it is absolutely a give and take, and I think it – it's been a humiliating thing for Lamar Jackson. I think it is. Lamar Jackson has lessened his value significantly. And he's going to play on the tag this year. My guess is he'll play on the tag next year. Unless the Ravens decide to move him. Because the Ravens control the chess pieces. It's that simple. And you don't have to like it, certainly. And, and you, don't have to, you don't have to participate if you're Lamar Jackson. But if you want to be a quarterback in the NFL... You need an agent, number one. You're being an idiot. You need an agent. And number two, you need to be professional. And Lamar Jackson has shown everybody in the NFL that he's unprofessional. He's not capable of handling business on a on the NFL level. And I think it makes it harder for him to get the, the fully guaranteed contract that he's demanding. Yeah. Because nobody's offered it. And it's not like there's teams lining up to trade for him. Because, again, I'll just say at the end of the day, Lamar Jackson's not a guy you can trust to stay healthy. He's not a guy you can trust to stand in the pocket and throw you to a Super Bowl championship. Yeah. So what are you really paying for? Because if I'm going to pay you $50 million a year, you need to stand in the pocket and deliver the football so we can win a Super Bowl. Facts. And Lamar, is, and Lamar Jackson has never shown the ability to do that. And that's why he is still with the Baltimore Ravens. And it's, it, it is... If I'm the Ravens, I'm just sitting back and letting him wreck himself. Well, and I think what's funny, too, is like it's become very clear he faked an injury to not play the rest of well, the season. Well, I, this I, past I year. would be careful with that. I well, think he made a decision not to play the rest of the year. I'm, I am not somebody that believes you can say, hey, you're faking an injury. I'm not going to question a guy when he says he's hurt. Lamar Jackson, by a lot of people's opinion, could have played. Is he injured? Okay, he could have played through that, but he didn't. He didn't. And it calls into question his desire to win. Mm -hmm. 
so not only are you unprofessional, not only do you not have any idea how to do business, we're not even sure that you want to win. And Lamar Jackson can sit here and he can he can put out tweets where he says, hey, you know what? All I care about is winning a Super Bowl. And he said today, I demanded a trade on March 2nd. And, you know, the Ravens have not been interested in meeting my value because I don't think you even know what your value is. Yeah. If you're asking, because the, the common consensus is he's asking for $50 million a year on a multi-year deal that's 100% guaranteed. Right. For a guy who misses significant amount of time because he wants to run instead of pass. Right. I'm just not willing to pay that. And clearly, no team in the NFL outside of the Ravens, including the Ravens, I guess, because they haven't extended him on a fully guaranteed deal. Right. No team in the NFL is willing to pay that. Yeah, and that's what I think is difficult. And I think I think Lamar. I don't understand guys who don't do agents. I don't. I don't get it because I think that's the whole point of having an agent. They handle all this for you. But he clearly is not that guy. Yep. Tom says Hertz is. What's well, with an S? Hurts is a pocket QB. Hurts or Lamar? Oh, I, I don't think... This isn't even a conversation. Jalen Hurts is a superior passer yeah. to Lamar Jackson. And he's a guy that I think he is truly a dual threat. So, I mean, the quarterbacks in this conversation, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, you know, you, you obviously Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Those are the guys that run around a lot. The difference with Jalen Hurts is... He runs by design. I think you, I think you should throw. I, I would throw Josh Allen and Patty Mahomes in there too. And I think the big difference between these guys is that is that like Patty Mahomes is an example. It mm -hmm. trends much more closely with Jalen Hurts, where these guys are not running to try to score touchdowns. They can do that, right? Like Jalen Hurts can run for a touchdown, but they're not doing it by design. They're saying, okay, I got to roll out right, and I got to buy time for my guy to get open. So that's why I'm running. I'm not running to try to get to the stick where the 250-pound linebacker is waiting to dislocate my throwing shoulder. Yeah. And that, I think, is the difference. And that's what I think Lamar doesn't understand. I, I'm not disputing. The guy is one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league. Is he Super Bowl caliber? No, because there's a certain way you got to go about it at that position to win a Super Bowl, right? But I, I also think that's why today John Lynch, the general manager of the 49ers, said Brock Purdy's earned the right to be our starting quarterback when he's healthy. Yeah. I think that's why you look at all of these quarterback situ situations around the NFL. None of them have Lamar Jackson's name on him. Yeah. And there are quarterbacks across the – there are situations across the NFC and the AFC where he would fit if he could throw the ball and stay healthy. And he can't. And, again, I look at, I look at guys like Patrick Mahomes. That's a guy that runs by design. Does he pay a price for that? Certainly he does. Right. There's no doubt. Josh Allen. Josh Allen is on the clock. Yeah. If you are going to continue to run the way Josh Allen runs, it's only a matter of time before you're out for the year. Well, and I think there are some people saying that the Bills are starting to understand that too, that that a lot well, of, of – and again, I'm not saying it's all on the Bills. Certainly there's a lot of it that's on Josh himself certainly. and all these quarterbacks. But I think a lot of the thing that doesn't get talked about is scheme and is protection. One of Lamar Jackson's biggest complaints has been his offensive line and the fact that you know he is running around a lot. Now, I don't buy that. I think Lamar knows he's an elite athlete and can outrun almost anybody on a football field. 
but he doesn't take into consideration that, that does, that's not winning football. I would much rather have Brock Purdy stand in the pocket and play in a system that guarantees he's successful, essentially, and, and be healthy 99% of the time, but maybe not be as good as Lamar, then have Lamar and not be healthy. And I think that's what these guys don't understand. And then you've got guys, in my opinion, like Dak, who have proven their worth, who have proven their ability, have proven they can throw 5,000-yard seasons, but have a bad season here, have a bad season there, and then they can't make it in the playoff. And, like, there's all yeah. this other drama. And so that's what I'm saying. The quarterback market in the NFL is just so dynamic. It is literally case by case, unless you're Lamar Jackson and you're trying to set a standard well, where Deshaun's at. But I think, like Tanner Plummer says, Lamar to Washington. There's no way to make that happen right now, not at least until Daniel Snyder sells the team because he's not going to take on new money. He's certainly not going to do anything to damage his salary cap. So my guess is, who, like, Brissett's probably going to be the starting quarterback there. You're talking about a guy in Dan Snyder who won't even pay signing bonuses because he wants the next owner to pick that up. He's not doing Lamar. Yeah. That ain't happening. Yeah. Uh, Gary says, my Saints can sign Lamar. I'd rather have him than Carr. I'm telling you, Derek Carr is a better disagree. quarterback. Yeah, yeah, Derek dude. Carr... Listen, it'll be interesting to see who and what Derek Carr is outside of, of Las Vegas. Yeah. And outside of that that halo, whatever you want to call it, of, of the Raiders. Because it's a, it's a very difficult place to thrive. Yeah. And I think if you look at Waller and Derek Carr, it's going to be fascinating to see how those two dudes do outside there. Yeah. I think it's, it's absolutely – it's make or break time for – for Derek Carr, there is there's no other way to say that, and I think he's absolutely going to thrive outside of outside of Las Vegas. Football 50, 10 of the hour every hour, presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. You're running out of time, man. Have you had the double bacon cheddar? Fresh out of Papa Murphy's kitchen, it's the limited time double bacon cheddar pizza. Uh, actually, it's fresh out of my oven. Dad, it's just an expression. <sighs> Mozzarella, crispy bacon, and Canadian bacon with nacho cheddar cheese sauce. Now that is an expression. At Papa Murphy's, we make great pizza, so you can make the pizza great. In my oven. Order now at papamurphys.com. Papa Murphy's Pizza, use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Alex Chacon says Waller thrived with us when he was healthy. He wasn't healthy at all over the past two seasons. That's the problem. Best and, ability is your availability. Well, it's, I don't even know that that's the issue with Darren Waller. The issue is how your organization sets you up to succeed. And there are guys, Andy Reid is a master of it. He understands workload. He understands strength and conditioning. He understands like, why it's so important to layer that stuff in. And they, you have to instill a certain level of professionalism in your skill position players. So your pass rushers, your quarterbacks, your wide receivers, your running backs, and teams like New England who pay tens of million dollars a year to do that, that's why you don't see their quarterbacks getting knocked around all yeah. the time. Yeah. And if their quarterbacks are hurt, they're not going to be there. Garoppolo is a, a perfect example of that. Um, you look at teams that win consistently. Kansas City is one of the gold standards for professionalism in the NFL because their guys are always ready to go. Yeah, They're always ready to go. There's no question that the Chiefs and a guy like Patrick Mahomes, those injuries are going to happen. But look how well, he, how well he recovered, 
how quickly he recovered enough to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, there's there's just no there's no way to get around the fact that the Raiders are not the best team at keeping their guys on the field. Yeah. That's a that's a, always a big yeah, question. I, I mean, I think health in the NFL is paramount. I mean, obviously, with it being, you know, it's like hockey, right? Like any type of any type of physical contact sport. I mean, health is going to be is going to be the deal breaker. And I, and I think that you know, you're again the Lakers, right? Health is a deal breaker. Yeah. You know, you. I mean, it just is what it is. Yep. Uh, let's see. A lot of comments today. Appreciate you guys. Make sure you hit the like button. CJ Vance. Uh, says Jamal, Taysom, and Carr could be very interesting. I wouldn't sleep on the Saints, man. I would not there's sleep on the Saints. There. Yeah, there's talent there. Absolutely. Sure. I would not that sleep on is a terrible them. division. Yeah, I don't know. I still don't know what Tampa is. I mean, Baker's going to be interesting. Um, competitive. That's all they are. They're competitive. I don't know that they're, mm. I don't know that they're, you know, win the division competitive, but they're definitely not going to be in the bottom. Uh, I don't think they'll be in the bottom. I think when you look at, there's not a lot of great divisions anymore. I mean, outside of the NFC West. And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I mean, the North is is trash. Let's be honest. Um, the obviously the NFC East is solid. Uh, although I think Philly has taken a lot of damage this off season. Um, what happens in Washington if if Dan actually sells a team? Um, the really Giants and Cowboys. If, if he sells uh, a team, when it, it, it's a, when will he sell it? Yeah. If he sells it on time. Yeah. Because if he sells it before May first, I think they're fine. I, I think he's got again the signing bonus thing. I know it's kind of a smaller thing, but that's a huge incentive for him to sell the team. I mean, yeah. And that's if you don't know that that story, Daniel Snyder signed free agents and new contracts and told everybody, "Hey, you're not getting your signing bonus until May." Yeah. And it's because most people believe he is going to try and close the sale of the commanders in April. So he doesn't want to pay any money he doesn't have to, Yeah, which is why he has not put money into a new stadium, mm -hmm. which is why he's not put money into signing bonuses or roster bonuses. Maybe they're a dark horse this year. Maybe he sells <laughs> no, the team. Come on. Maybe a new owner comes in and puts money in. I mean, I, you know, because ultimately that's what it is. That's, that's always what it's been. I mean, money, you know, money yeah, can I don't put you in a strong that. position. I don't disagree with that. Greg Hawkins, how the heck are you? Uh, Mike M says, glad my QB is Herbo. What does that mean? I think that's Justin Her Herbert. Yeah, Herbert, I think. I've never heard Justin Herbert called Herbo. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, I refer to him as sex machine. Thank you. Uh, Bigfoot Duck says, Dolphins should have drafted Herbert. Well, yeah. Hindsight's twenty twenty though. Yep. Although I will say that Tua had red flags all over him. Did he ever? Did he ever? Gary said, uh, maybe this upcoming season can convince me if Carr is that guy. Not holding my breath on that dude, though. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, were you were you that guy on Jameis? Were you that guy on Taysom as a quarterback? Were you that guy on any of the number of guys who have come? Like, It's amazing to me how many teams. You know, like, again, Marcus Mariota in Atlanta. When was that ever going to work? Yeah. What have the Titans done? You know, Ryan Tannehill has been pretty good for them. Yeah. And now you've destabilized that with Tannehill, and you've done nothing behind him. Um, I, I mean, whether it's Washington, the Giants making the right move with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. I mean, the, the Eagles with Jalen Hurts. I mean, you could go all over Fuck the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, what the, what the fuck have we done at quarterback in a, yeah. in a generation? Nothing.
Not sure. We've that, done nothing. Look yeah. at the Colts. What have the Colts done? You messed up Peyton Manning. You messed up Andrew Luck, and you've been nothing since then. You have been Philip Rivers and Matt Ryan. Yeah, which is equates to nothing. And Brissett for a cup of coffee, right? Like it, you, you either get it right or you get it way wrong, right? I mean, it's not rocket science. One of the things I find very interesting is you can't tell me that Russ has just forgotten how to play quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I just don't buy that. I more buy that his infrastructure changed, his throwing coach and mental coach died. I mean, his his mental coach who worked with Russ and his his throwing coach, his quarterback coach, the mental guy passed away. And Russ went on to have one of the worst seasons of his life. Yeah. Made terrible <coughs> decisions, made burned a lot of bridges relationally, which he had not done. I don't buy that Russell Wilson forgot how to play quarterback. We're going to find out because the guru is now his head coach in Sean Payton. And I'm telling you, man, that's a dangerous team. I know that they're, you know, I know that they were awful last year, but. Well, and, and I, you know what, Alex? I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's an unpopular opinion. I have no question that Jimmy Garoppolo can play the game of football. <laughs> yeah, but dude, you break that dude in half. It's over. Like he, he doesn't get dinged up. He's out for the season. Yeah. He has these catastrophic Nar. injuries where he's out for the year with a shoulder, a knee. A he does leg. Like, it's constant with him. Yeah. Constant with him. You know, and, and, and ask yourself, what's Tom Brady? And ask yourself, what's LeBron James <laughs> versus everybody else? What do they do? They put tens of millions of dollars into their body. Yeah. Food, training, sleep. Tom Brady, Tom Brady absolutely prioritizes sleep. He is on a rigid schedule. He does. He's a Huberman Lambs guy. So Tom Brady believes in going to sleep at the same time, like all the stuff, the yeah. no cell phones, the waking up at the same time, light in your face, cool, like all that stuff, the Joe Rogan way of thinking. Yeah. And the guy stays healthy, and he's rarely ever under the weather. Yeah. You look at LeBron James, the guy just healed as fast as I've seen anybody with ligament damage in his foot. Crazy. They put tens of millions of dollars into their body. And then you got guys, who's a quarterback that's always hurt? Tua. Yeah, but Tua's Always stuff, hurt. Dude, Tua's stuff is different. Like Tua's stuff is concussions. Yeah, that's different, dude. But he's always... He, but it, before I mean, it was he's con- always unavailable. But yeah. it was before it was concussions, it was a foot thing, then a broken hip. Yeah. Now, yeah. some guys, Jimmy Garoppolo, can't stay healthy. I'm definitely a believer that some guys are... are you know, pre-exposed or whatever. Derek like Carr some, has yeah. been durable. Derek Carr has taken a beating. Yeah, dude. And he's durable. Guys like Matt Ryan are durable. Matt Ryan's done. Yeah. I mean, this is Joe not... Burrow. This is not a conversation about can he. If you're a quarterback wearing an NFL jersey, you can. Joseph Lee Burrow. But, you know, if you look at Pat Mahomes... That guy's got infrastructure, man. Yeah. That guy spends his money on his body. I look, you know, like I, I look at Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott you're, is starting to figure this out. This is this is a make or break year for him. He's either going to throw fifteen more interceptions and not be a cowboy anymore, or he's going to get the biggest quarterback contract in the history of the NFL. Yep, that's who Dak Prescott is right now. So if you go up and down the ledger, Aaron fucking Rodgers. Like, are you kidding me with Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, dude. Are we? You're talking about a guy that you're going to pay $59 million to. Where is A.A. Ron right now? The Jets are going to pay Aaron Rodgers $59 million, and the Packers won't trade him.
Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. And they won't trade him because they want the 13th pick from the Jets. And the Jets don't want to give that up. (laughs) So what is it? Do you want to keep the $59 million? Because Aaron Rodgers has balls the size of I don't know what. Texas. He's going to show up in Green Bay to make sure that he gets his $59 million. Yep. So this trade's going to get done because they don't want him there. They can't afford the $59 million. And but he they just want, doesn't care. <laughs> but they want the 13th pick. Yeah. And the Jets know that they can't afford the $59 million and don't want him there. So they're willing to give you another second-round pick on top of it. Yeah. Not the 13th. Yeah. So it's a, it's, it's a standoff, right? But you look at that division – how many of those teams in that division have a quarterback? How about, Aaron fucking Rodgers. How, how about none of them? Yeah. Do the Lions have a quarterback and Jared Goff? Got Not a guy a playing quarterback. quarterback. Is Kirk Cousins? No. Is Justin Fields? No. Is Jordan Love? No. How do all four teams in the North not have a quarterback? How? <laughs> How's that possible? Somebody explain to me about the NFC South. We don't know who the starting quarterback of the Panthers because the draft hasn't happened yet. But you're going to have a dead-ass rookie on that team. Baker Mayfield of Boston, Tampa. <coughs> you look at New Orleans with Derek Carr. <coughs> Derek Carr's probably the best starting quarterback in the division. Yeah. He's probably the best starting quarterback in the division. Yeah. Because we don't know what's going to happen in Atlanta. Does anybody have any idea what's going to happen in, in Atlanta? No. No. Hell no. Desmond Ritter? Taylor Heineke? If I'm Atlanta, have you at least not called Baltimore? Are you telling me the Atlanta Falcons shouldn't call Baltimore? That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, there are teams out there that could go and go after Lamar, but I honestly think that nobody wants to deal with the circus. I, I mean, and again, because and this is this may be the biggest difference between Lamar and Aaron. With Aaron, at least you know you're you can just book it. You're going to the playoffs, right? Like we're we're like outside of this past year for the last how many years has he been to the playoffs? One year, other than that, he's been to the playoffs. So I'm a guy that says, hey, and I'm not an Aaron Rodgers guy, but if we're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers, he is pretty much every year in the playoffs at a minimum, which for Atlanta would be a big-time improvement. That's that's why I say there are teams out there, but Lamar's been so unprofessional that I don't think people want to deal with the circus. So then we get to do... Then we get to have this conversation we're having now. The the Mariotas, the Tannehills, the Derek Carrs, the Garoppolo, like the second and third tier of quarterback. And it really just shouldn't be this way. Lamar's deal should be done. Lamar should be taken care of and should not be a talking point, but he doesn't want to have an agent. And that's why he's here. Yeah. (laughs) Why would you trade for him? Yeah. Anyway, real quick to finish this up. Yeah. Has anybody looked at the AFC North? There's one quarterback in the AFC North and his name is Joseph Lee Burrow. Yeah. Joe Burrow. Yeah, dude. He's the only quarterback in that division. Yeah. Joseph Lee Burrow. I'm telling you, you look at the AFC West. You look at the NFC East outside of Washington. And you look at the NFC West. I don't know what the – do the 49ers have a good quarterback situation? Eh. If if Purdy's healthy, they do. I think that the the struggle I have with Brock Purdy right now – is UCL in the NFL is not a recipe for for success. You don't see guys tear that ligament and then come back and light it up. Well, he's young. He may be, yeah. yeah. I, I think he can come back. I think he'll be fine. I, I, It's just not going to be this year. 
So you don't but, think you don't you don't have any hesitation on that? Not even a little bit. Yeah. Not even a little bit. None at all. He is young. Uh, I mean, it's not a lot of guys that have had that procedure, but you, it, it's a, it's way easier on your elbow to throw a football than a baseball. So I, I just don't. He he hasn't proven to be the guy. But if you look at San Francisco, the Rams and the Cardinals all have unsettled quarterback situations. And I don't. Then I mean, there's this, then, then then there's Gino. I, I said Gino's the best quarterback in the West. Yeah, I don't. Th- yeah, you don't agree with that. Yeah, I mean he may he may, but the the reality is, uh, and again, I'm not saying Purdy's all world because he's not, but he took them to the playoffs, man. Yeah, he did, and I think that you know you have I I, I what was it John Lynch today I think uh, someone from their front office saying that. He's earned the right to start. Yeah. Like, John Lynch. I think it was John Lynch, right? Said like, that Brock Purdy has earned the right to be their starting quarterback. So, I mean, for them, for them, I, they're going with Brock, you know? So, yeah, who's the best well, quarterback? You can't, in can't the- go with Trey Lance. I mean, Trey Lance is a disaster. And, and again, for all my 49er fans, and trust me, I, I know a thousand of them. Yeah. There's no positive spin on Trey Lance. <laughs> he was terrible before he got hurt, <laughs> and then he has this catastrophic injury. And now he's likely to start the season as your quarterback. Yeah. Because your your Chaboy just had surgery two weeks ago, Brock Purdy. So I don't know what you do there, but I, I still don't understand how how you screw up quarterbacks all the time. It, it's it's amazing to me. Jet Wayman, the Tao King of Utah. What's up, Jet? Good to see you. Uh Gary says 59 for Aaron. Hard pass, dude. But Tell me that they don't they don't they don't win the AFC with him. That's what I'm saying, dude. If you're the Jets, how what do you mean hard pass? I mean, if you're the Jets, that's your golden ticket to a playoff berth that you've been waiting for for how long? When is the last time they had a quarterback of his caliber? Man. Not in my lifetime. And I'm not even being an asshole about it. Not in my lifetime. It has been a long time. A long time. He's no Mark Sanchez, but he'll do. But it is. ESPN this morning made a really good point. It's back to Vinny Testaverde. Yeah. That's the last time you had a quarterback that you could hand the football to and say, go win me a game. Totally. And it's been that long. You know, Kurt Meyer says, Jake, you're pulling it out too early. Well, okay. Okay. Bigfoot Duck says, uh, two a two surgery, repaired ankles, repaired hip. Yeah. Injury prone dude. Brain. Injury prone dude. No doubt about it. Jeff Johnson says, Dak going to throw a billion interceptions this year. We'll see. I don't think so. I'm a, again. I guess I'm not, I'm the only Dak fan. They need to run the football. Yeah, yeah, they do. And Pollard's gonna be hurt. Uh, Bigfoot Duck says Jet the Tile King. He is McKinley Cutler. What's up, my guy? Finally got the uh, driveway shovel. Nice job. <laughs> Let's go. McKinley says just got in. Uh, just want to say Walker Kessler's a stud. Yep. Yep. Building block of the organization. By the way, the Jazz are plus seven tonight. Ooh, 234. It'll be closer than that. Plus seven. On the Phoenix Suns? The Suns are... On the Boston Celtics? Yeah, but y'all... I think the Suns... The Suns are going to win this game by 15. I mean, the way that Book is playing right now, Mm -hmm. the way that they're getting... What they're getting from their bench... And I know all your guys are out. So, and there's the jazz are not, I mean, I got to believe, I don't know if I haven't seen an update on marketing yet, but come on, dude, 
come on. Status it, is doubtful. I look at the Phoenix Suns. That went over the 76ers. And the way that they won that game, you're getting 29 from Book, 17 from Biombo, and huge performance. Terrence Ross. Yeah, dude. Nobody's talking about it, but Terrence Ross. Radar. Terrence Ross is a machine. That dude knows how yes. to put the ball in the hoop. And the, when, you know, we talk about guys like Kyrie or the scorers in the NBA. Terrence Ross is a bucket getter. Yeah. Him, campaign. TJ Warren actually gave them a plus 25 the other night. And by the way, Terrence Ross is a savage in transition too, which I think really matters. Yeah. But I, yeah, they're going to lose that game by 15. Unfortunately. Yeah. Cause yeah, I'm not watching the jazz tonight. I'm watching the Suns. Kevin Durant's supposed to come back Wednesday. Uh huh. No. Yeah. I mean, they're saying he will be back, but I'll believe it when he's on the floor. Okay. I think that they are incredibly dangerous, dude. They're going to they're gonna figure it out. And once they figure it out, like they, they don't have the situation like who? The Lakers, where you're still missing. Okay, LeBron's back, but now I'm missing two other guys, like including D'Angelo Russell. Right. Like they just can't get a group of 15 guys together to stay healthy for six, eight weeks at a time. So... And Anthony Davis stuck his finger up his ass and broke his knuckles somehow. That yesterday. was so annoying to Screw watch, him. dude. Like I'm so done with Anthony Davis. Yeah, I, that was probably too graphic. But my point is, but you, yeah, I mean, you get the point. Like, like the guy just, I mean, he breathes on himself and gets after the street clothes Davis. And, and not only that, he's not able to carry the team. No, he's so, not that guy. What are we? What are we even? Yeah, he is. He is trade package this summer, guy. But what I'm telling you is. If you are not, if you are not watching Walker Kessler tonight, run from one rim to the other rim, back to the other rim, you're crazy. Because that cat, that 30 and 11 the other night was nothing short of stellar. Because he had nobody to help him. And he just ran, ran rim to rim. Mm -hmm. And I hate to say it, but Kelly Olynyk and him together the other night actually looked strikingly capable. Yeah. Strikingly capable. They don't want to trade Kelly Olenek, and there's a lot of people wanting it, and I'm telling you, they don't want that. They would like to keep Kelly Olenek, I think. Yeah, whatever. I don't know what DeAndre Ayton, what, if he's playing tonight or not, but I, I Walker Kessler is exciting because I think he will eat DeAndre Ayton up. Yeah, DeAndre Ayton's listed as doubtful, so probably not. Yeah, I, I am... I am interested to see. No, DeAndre Ayton is probable. Oh, he's not probable. He is probable. Okay. Uh, Jalen Brunson out tonight for New York. Ugh. Man, that, another team that just can't get the hell out of their own way, dude. Yeah. Just can't get out of their own way, I'm telling you. I'm ready for the playoffs to start. I'm a little burned out. Okay, so who's going to win a championship then? I mean, I, the Suns ideally, right? If KD can stay healthy. I mean, I love my guy. He's my favorite player. Really? He hasn't been able to stay healthy. I mean, I you know, again, I look at, you know, we I mean, we can do this. We can go to the standings and and go up and down. I mean, again, you know, Milwaukee is the best team in the East by record right now, but I'm telling you that they're I'm telling you they're tired. I think they're yeah. tired. See, Brady Cook makes a really good point. You want to have a long career in sports, you need to take care of your body. You absolutely do. Be a golfer, not a football player. You absolutely do. 
All right, 22 past the hour on the Money Here program, reminding you to uh, get to our good friends at TridayTrading.com. You guys, I, I can only say it so many times that TridayTrading.com for 10 bucks is going to change your life. Stop complaining about your job. Stop talking about how much you hate, you know, changing oil or, you know, a guy the other night at the Grizzlies game was talking my ear off about how he works in the kitchen and TridayTrading.com because it's the money you've dreamed of. And the other thing that I think is so crazy is that we have a lot of millennials that listen to this show. 30-year-old millennials are like, yeah, it's over for me. I'm too old. And I'm just like, guy, you're 30 years old. What are you talking about? Like you can, you you realize from 21 to like 40, you can do anything you want to do. <coughs> I think at 40, you have to be a lot more tactical, right? You have to be a lot more tactical. Uh-huh. From 21 to 35, 40, you can do anything you want to do. And I, I, it drives me nuts when I see younger people who will just sit and stew and hate their boss or hate their job or be like, oh, they're demanding I come back to the office, trydaytrading.com. Oh, I've got to fill out these reports and uh, trydaytrading.com. It, 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 it's, the, it's the simplest way to prosperity. Yeah. All you have to do is spend $10 to get to the rest of your life. And if I said to you, 10 bucks is gonna get you a Lamborghini. $10 is gonna get you the vacation you've always wanted. It's gonna get you the house you've always wanted. It's gonna get you that Jordan you've always wanted. You're $10 from a completely different way of living your life. Skills pay the bills, man. 10 bucks to learn a new skill. 10 and bucks to learn how to make a, just make the life you want. I think at TridayTrading.com, the thing that r really stands out to me is we spend so much money on education that doesn't make you any money. Yeah. Right, like we talk about master's degrees. We're about to start talking about Jake talking about Donald Trump at dinner the other night on his first date. Like you do stupid stuff, right? But we go to school and we spend 50, 60, $100,000 a year uh... getting a degree we're never going to use. And I'm telling you, spend $10 at TridayTrading.com and make a decision. It's a trial membership for 10 bucks. They donate it to charity. It's a tax write-off. It's education because they're gonna it's they're gonna put you through their program to teach you how to be a prolific day trader. It's a tax write-off because it's education. Yeah. And then you go make money. And your first day trades are with their money, not your money. And if you profit with their money, they give you 80% of it. I just would love to hear the argument of what do you have to lose? Yeah. Tridaytrading.com. 10 bucks right in the middle of the screen. $10 membership. 30 days, $10. If it's not for you, walk away. It's over. Walk away for 10 bucks. Yeah. You spend 10 bucks on a side of fries. Yeah. For the price of French fries, for the price of a beer at the ball game. Go change your life forever. Tridaytrading.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Um, there was a baseball question somewhere. Here it is. Greg Hawkins. Did anyone see the White Sox score five runs in the ninth to tie the Cubs today? Greg? What are you doing, dude? We, I, I, you know, I thought we had the trolls out. And a lot of people are asking about the trolls. Oh, you guys made it members only. Look, I understand. You can be pissed about it. But I'm not going to have a thing where... We're giving away free memberships to trolls to come on and say <coughs> heinous, terrible things. Yeah. And then we have to block them or YouTube will block them. And then we wasted a free membership from somebody. Yeah. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. So, you know, the, having trolls is part of the game. 
It, it is it is what it is. But the reason that we're going to be members only for the foreseeable futures because we're we're not going to deal with that. If you want to pay, if you want to pay to say something stupid, knock yourself out. But we're not going to have people giving away you know gifted memberships, giving away memberships for people to to say stupid stuff. Yeah. That's not smart. McKinley Cutler, I'm about to finish a bachelor's degree in marketing, probably, uh, probably going to use it on the plus side. I refuse to go into debt to get it paid my way through uh, working two jobs. My God. Hey, man. I can respect that, dude. I, res- I respect the hustle, bro. Alex Chacon says, 10 bucks to get you the fanny pack shoe you've always wanted. Damn right. Right. I have it. Uh, Jeff Johnson says, hey, did anyone see the Angels beat the Cubs the other day? That was crazy. Hey, did anybody see uh, Mo Vaughn fall down the stairs at Angel Stadium? Hey, did anybody see the Cubs win the World Series in 2016? Hey, did anybody see Mike Trout strike out to lose the World Baseball Classic? I remember that. He was facing Shohei Otani, who's going to be a Dodger soon. So, you know. (laughs) We don't play that way, G off. -off. Uh, Mike M says, dilly dilly. Yeah. Dilly dilly. Yeah. Uh, Salty Drunk says, uh, hey, Monty and Austin, how you guys doing? Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. dilly. What's up, my guy? Good to see you. Uh, hope you are well. Uh, Gary says, Davis can't even carry groceries in without getting hurt. That's what I'm saying, dude. That's what I'm talking Trade about. Trade his ass. Maury Alvarez, our favorite Floridian. Come on, everyone. Smash the like button. Yeah, where are we at? We're at like 2,000 views. Oh, please. We Come only on, have 89 dude. likes. Let's go. Today. Come on, man. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Should we talk about you talking about politics, Donald Trump? Sure. With your how, how do you, you, you want to, how do you want to frame it? I mean, are, are you, you know, how, how the fuck do you frame that? You talked about Donald Trump with your date the other night. Yeah. I'm noticing a pattern, right? So like going on, going on dates, meeting people, whatever, take it with a grain of salt. Which you First, hate. Yeah, I do. I hate it. That's not, you know, well, anyway, point is I'm noticing this pattern. And so I was doing some homework. 31. Former LDS member, right. no longer a member. Right. Self or full time employee. Full time employee, yeah. Lives at home? No. Uh, Co owns or technically rents from her sister, but they share payments and everything on a house. Okay, great. So 31, gainfully employed. Yeah. Splits a house with her sister. Yeah. And you talked about Donald Trump. Yeah. And what's interesting is, is this is like, three, four people in a row that I've either met or conversed with or whatever, particularly the women that I'm talking to who have said, hey, I will never date someone who is, you know, a Donald Trump supporter, you know, anti-woman, like from that sect of politics. And I thought that was really interesting because I'm finding that a lot more people, not just women, are 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 taking that stance. And and what's interesting is in our line of work, you're always like looking for things to talk about. You're always kind of staying, you know, in the cycle, right? We don't have the luxury of like tuning out for four days at a time when we don't like what's on the news and then checking back in. Right. We don't we don't have that luxury. No. So so I've been in through the process of doing homework and everything for the show, I'm noticing more and more stories coming out that are titled something like politics are in quote politics are increasingly a dating deal breaker especially for women but as they should be right yeah and i'm not I, and yeah to be clear i guess i should say that i'm not saying that that, that it's silly i just mm-hmm. think it's really fascinating that that the the donald trump politics burnout 
is so thick right now in culture that it's bleeding into conversations between two people who have never met before, yeah. don't know each other, and are just trying to make conversation. I think that's fascinating because on on a surface level, you would think, okay, well, there's so many other things to talk about, right? Like talking about like your job or your life or like you know the things you enjoy. But see, here's where we park company on first dates. Uh huh. I'm all about the business of dating, especially on that first date. I need to know where you stand politically. Uh huh. I need to know where you stand philosophically. But there's an art form to it. You don't. Just, oh, there you is. Don't, you don't just like go into the date. And, you know, just go hardcore after the serious there stuff. Is. You kind of got to work into it. But you know, in my opinion, you know within five minutes of sitting down whether yeah, it's, agree. whether it is a candidate or not a candidate. Completely agree. Are, yeah. are you going to hire this girl or is she out? Yeah, I right? agree. So you sat down within five minutes. You hiring or not? Yeah. Is I she mean, a I, candidate? I, yeah. I mean, we were having we were having good conversation for okay. sure. I, I think the other, the tough thing with that though, and I don't screw with anything you said, but I think the tough thing with the, the dating culture i guess we'll use that neat little word the dating culture mm -hmm. is that i think that especially in utah it has become increasingly difficult to find folks who are just happy with their life like it seems like very it seems like someone is always like um you know and i love all my lds folks no shade against guys but it seems <laughs> but. like a lot of the folks who are dating right now are ex lds you know single and from the L uh, an LDS family. So they're like, their parents sure. are LDS and they fell out of the faith and they think it's bullshit. Like she literally said, I think it's bullshit. Like literally. Wow. How did that, like how that. did that make you feel? Well, it, it didn't make me feel any type of way. I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I don't think it's bullshit. I just think it's what people believe. It's what they choose to do with their life. And that's fine. I respect that. It right? did and not I, make said, you feel any type of way. No, because I, I said, hey, like, I'm spiritual. I believe there's something there, but I'm not someone who's like a Bible thumper or like going to say you got to follow all these rules or not following the rules makes you a bad person or whatever. Like, I'm just not, I don't have time for all that stuff, right? Like, okay. believe what you want to believe, do what you want to do. And I literally said like, hey, that's cool. But how does that, my question was, how did that affect your relationship with your family? Because mm -hmm. we know, especially in Utah, don't know how it works for other states, but especially in Utah, the 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 faith can be a big wedge creator, right? Where oh. hey, your 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 parents, you know, are are hardcore Gen Xing LDS folks who who are really in the faith and believe, you know, devoutly in the faith, but you do not, and you had a different experience, and so now you're out of the faith, and you still got to find a way to keep that relationship positive, and so they do that by owning a timeshare on a lake and having a boat and doing a lot of family things. And she's fortunate enough to have parents who are much more pliable with that conversation. And so it's just, I just thought the whole thing, not to go on a tangent, but I thought the whole thing was just really interesting because all of this, the whole LDS thing, life, culture, it all comes back to politics and, and that's dividing people. And so then I saw this story last night. I was like, holy crap, like this is a bigger thing than just like, the dinner I had the I'm, other night. I'm telling you now. And my wife would like to know how many first dates I'm going on. Lots. Uh, but my point is, I think this is the only stuff that matters. Save all that other nonsense for the second date. Uh -huh. I need to know, who, who, where are your political leanings? Uh, you know, like, do we align philosophically? But I think some of that, the other thing you got to consider, some of that, you know before you even no, you go don't. on the first date. You don't. 
I don't think anything anybody says to you over an app is, is at all credible. I don't think it's at all credible because I think everybody's trying to play a role because they're trying to get dates. Mm-hmm. I don't think any, and, and again, this is where you and I have always been different. You take people at face value. I do not. What does that mean? You, you believe what people tell you. You like in an app, like, Hey, I, I'm way outgoing. And then you sit down and they, you can't pull two words. Well, I don't off. believe them a hundred percent, but I think, at a, I mean, you have to like believe people at a certain percentage. I mean, unless you Not just think everyone's app. lying to you. When like, I'm sitting across from you and I can look at your face and where your eyes are. And yeah, absolutely. I, I, you get a feeling and an instinct on people. But I'm not taking, I am not taking anything anybody says before we sit down and look at each other in the face. I'm uh, not. I'm not. You know, like I think. But I think that goes both ways. Like, yeah, you do have to get to the date portion. there, And, and this is what you, I think you miss is like, there is a certain amount of bullshit you have to put up with in the dating app world just to get in front of somebody. I think that you put up with. Okay, well, you would never go on a first date with that strategy. That's just, you wouldn't. Like, that's not how it works anymore, dude. Uh, Right. You keep saying that, yet doing it your way hasn't yielded great results. Mm. You can't. I, I, this whole thing with you dating always turns into you get defensive. I'm not, I'm not being defensive. I'm I'm just telling you you that there's a process. You, there isn't a process because you don't have a process you follow. In my book, tell me I'm wrong. I, I just did. Okay. In my book, there there are there are rules that you cannot break. Mm. You 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 better have like if you're on an app, you better have you better have pictures that represent who you are. I don't want your high school or your college picture. I want you're 30 years old now, mm. right? That was 10 years ago, right? I want pictures of you that look like you. And hey, if she's gonna say that the LDS church is bullshit, okay, I'm gonna say that she probably is not in the church. I, I good, but you got to understand, explore that. Why do you say that? What makes you feel that way? Like, where are you with God? Or where are you with your faith? Or, you know, like, you've got to understand the way people vibe. Because I also don't believe in wasting time. Time is, time is the resource you never get back. Time is the resource that has no value. So I'm absolutely the guy that's going to talk about politics. I'm absolutely the guy that's going to talk about philosophy. Because when you talk about important stuff, you figure out who people are fast. Mm. Like that is the fast track, right? And you know, we, the other thing we're different on, I'm not, I'm not going to dinner on a first date. We're going to get coffee or we're going to chill for a minute. I'm not, I'm not buying you dinner first because we have this unrealistic expectation that dude's got to pay for dates. Okay. Well, if that's the case, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to buy you a cup of water or a glass of coffee or a cup of coffee or a glass of water. I'm Uh not, I'm not buying like filet. I'm not buying I'm not doing it. What did you pay for your date the other night? Uh, $45, I think. So $45. I mean, like, how many times can you do that? Yeah. I'm, a, I'm, not, a, I'm not a go have dinner guy. Uh-huh. Let's go relax. Let's see what you're like in, in real life. Yeah, I, that's your <laughs> philosophy. And you're adamant that I'm bad at, at dating or whatever, like. I don't think you're bad at it. I think you're willing to accept a lot of things you should never accept. Okay. So. Yeah. But were you impressed that she, so who brought up the politics? She, she did. said she did. She did. Yeah. And how did that come up? What was that conversation? Like? Yeah. I mean, we were just talking about, you know, I, I mean, I asked a lot of questions. I, I straight up told her, like, I, you know, I just have things that I want to know. Like, you know, I asked her where she was at in the faith. I asked like what, 
you know, her life was like, what she do for a living, you know, just standard, standard operating procedure stuff. Very straightforward questions. I asked her, what are your deal breakers? What that was one say? of them. That was one of them. She said, I would never date someone who's, you know, I think she used the verbiage MAGA, right? So she's like, oh, she said, MAGA. so I'm not going to date someone wow. who's, who's uh, a MAGA supporter or, or anti-woman or, you know, pro-Trump or whatever, or, or basically just from that sect of political ideology. That's what she so said. So she doesn't want to date her dad. Uh, I don't know if her dad is. She, she did say that her grandfather was, you know, very traditional. Yeah, you see. And I'm a big believer in, like, finding out about family, like, up front. Yeah, she's close to her family. She said that. Like, yeah, they're I need close. to know that for sure. Uh, Salty Drunk says, sup, guys, listening while driving, up, driving in my car, chewing up my data. <laughs> but you guys are worth it. Oh, Gotta get that unlimited, that. bro. C. Coppin says, that's why I found my wife outside of the U.S. Ooh. Yeah. Where did you find her? Ryan Fair says, do they sell temple garments at Walmart there? I have no idea. No idea. Uh, Alex Chacon says, Monty's going to go home and get the belt. <laughs> we just disagree on how to go about dating apps. Mm. Like there's some stuff I've seen on your dating apps, like your prospects. So I'm like, hell no, dude. And you're like, oh yeah, she's great. <laughs> nah, bro. Uh-huh. But at some point, like I always say, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm not. Greg Hawkins says, an ex-Mormon myself, I avoid religious conversation with dates, or at least when I did, when I dated, I did. I'm not, I'm, I, I'm not the guy who avoids conversations. The difference is, is I'm not, I'm going to, I'm going to have a conversation with you and I'm going to judge that conversation based on what, how, just how deep you are willing to initiate into the conversation. Yeah. So like if, if, as an example, if, if you're going to take us into religion, then I'm going to dick. Right. But I will notice if you intentionally stay away from certain topics and that's going to tell me what I need to know. But if I want to know something, I'm not scared to ask. I'm not at all. I mean, what do I have have to lose? Like, I'm not like, okay, cool. You didn't like the date. Great. On to the next. Like that's, that's the whole thing about it. But I think what, what I think isn't understood here is that, is that it is difficult to get a, to get dates that are even reasonable, right? Like just to get to a point where, you're like, oh yeah, like I would, I would, you know, in your case, get coffee with somebody. Like that's that's increasingly hard to find. I would. Like, yeah. it's increasingly difficult to find. What do people say when when, when I mean, are, do people say the challenge in dating apps is just getting? You can get matches all day, right? Like sure. people, because what happens is we all what we'll do is at night after work we'll all scroll on our phone, we'll all like or match or whatever, and then a lot of people just won't look at look at the app again for like a week. 10 days. So you can match with somebody and you can, you know, feel like, all right, cool. We're going in a positive direction, but you won't hear from them for 10 days. And so you go through this process where you've probably got to like, I don't know, for any of my dudes out here using dating apps. I mean, it's not an exaggeration, like probably 30 or 40 likes to get like one or two responses. And then out of, out of probably 10 responses, you're looking at probably maybe one or two dates. And then the next, the next question is going to be like, out of the people that, you know, respond and are willing to and are actively using the app and actively having a conversation. How many of those people after messaging with them for a minute, are you like, yeah, this is someone that I at least want to sit in front of and see if they're a fit? That's the problem with dating. How many apps. people do you talk to that you're like, nah, I'm not going to see them? Yeah, I mean it's probably half. 
at least. I really? mean, yeah, I mean, you can, you, I mean, a lot of the times and, and again, I know it's judgmental, but it's the world we live in. Like you can tell the caliber of profile you're looking at. You can tell it's like your, your high school picture example, where you can tell, okay, this person's put up all pictures of her face and clearly doesn't want to show her body. And like hinge as an example, gives you you much more unique offerings so like you can put a voice message on your profile so people can hear your voice you can even do video if you feel so comfortable you can like there are ways to like push the envelope a little bit to put yourself out there and so when i'm looking at a profile that's got you know five pictures they're all your face and there's not much about you i'm not even gonna like that profile you know what i mean like that's the that's the whole thing so it's like you can tell the caliber so like when you ask hey how many people do you talk to that don't work out yeah there's probably i don't know at least half i would say because i'm you can tell like by how quick they respond what they say like you can just tell if it's worth it or not or if it's a worthy prospect uh bucked up energy is always worth it especially when you get free samples from the monty show see but see what i did there like yeah. a transition yeah. yeah it was good that was some of your best oh, work okay um <laughs> You can get free samples, three of them, in fact, any that you want. Right now, they have their gold pre-workout at GNC only. They put golden tickets in there. It's their newest flavor. So you can get like a free cruise. Like one in 50 is a winner at GNC when you get that gold pre-workout. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah. Only at GNC. But get free samples below. There's a link in the description. It says three free samples and a shaker cup and their shaker cups are the best in the business. You can color combinate them like so you can get a pink top, you can get a blue like any color combination you want. Uh you can hook that up, click the link, choose your three samples, choose your shaker cup. Trust me, they ship quick. It comes right to your door and then make a decision cuz I'm telling you their pre-workout is money. Yeah. I love 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 the pre-workout and the thing I always say is the guys that bucked up they're Utahns, they're local business owners, they're entrepreneurs. They are the best in the business at what they do. I love those guys. They're energetic. You feel good talking to them. Get your free samples of Bucked Up Energy right now in the description below. You can go into any of their stores across the Wasatch Front. I was just in South Jordan the other day, but from Farmington Station down to St. George, They've got it. All you got to do is, hey, I heard about you on the Monty Show. They'll give you a free can of Bucked Up Energy. I'm telling you, my empty can of Miami as proof, Miami or Mango Tango are the best flavors of Bucked Up Energy. But don't take my word for it. Get your free samples in the link in the description below. A couple of more comments. Um, let's see. Jet Wayman says, dating is hard these days, man. Yes, it is. I don't disagree. Like the, the ex-Mormon thing is real. The ex-Mormon thing, that would that's scary because that's either a good thing or a terrible thing. Yeah. And you know that going in. I mean, you know that that's a I mean, that's definitely like a you know, what 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 would you call it? Like a, a tipping point type thing, right? Where it's like it's good or it's well, really it's bad. Well, it's make or break. Yeah, make, or, make break. or break. There you yeah. go. Make or break. Yeah. Make or break. Yeah. Bigfoot says, Jake, I learned after a long time to stop looking. I just did my thing and the women who were interested in me, they would ask. Yeah, I mean that's one way to go about it, you know. I I, I also think it never hurts to meet more people, you know. Like yeah. I think that's and, and by the way, you, you also have to understand too. Like we work a lot, so part of dating for me is 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 just doing something different, you know, going out. But you're also having, not the walk up to somebody and no, I'm not work game. Nope, I'm that's, not. That's not who I am. That's never been who you are. Nope. 
which is me. crazy to me. So, Mr. Preston says, I'm glad I don't have to date this day and age. Jake, I feel for you. Same, dude. Yeah, but I also, like, I appreciate that, Preston. But I'm also not going to sit here and say, like, I'm some victim. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. I mean, it's the world as we know it today, you know? But I also, you know, and I, I don't mean to make too much of this, but I also think this world we live in today thing. Yeah. This is the craziest time of my entire life that we're living in now. Uh -huh. And my feeling is at some point, the cycle is going to come back around. I agree. Yeah. At some point, all this, this nonsense in, in politics, the, the, the shooting today, like I, I inflation, supply chain, at some point, all of this nonsense stops. Yeah. Right. And the excuses generally go away. Politics are very, very much in a cycle. I can't wait for the cycle to change. Yeah. Because I don't care. And I say it all the time. Everybody's like, well, who'd you vote for? It doesn't matter because there's nobody to vote for. Yeah. I don't care if you supported Biden or if you supported Trump or whoever. There's nobody to vote for. Yeah. Who are you attaching? This, this nonsense with Ron DeSantis in Florida today, like with this legislation he passed to make sure that people can't sue insurance companies, like all of this stuff. You, you, like the cycle's got to come back around. There's it, it always has and it always will. And we can sit here and argue about economies or the pandemic or I don't believe in the supply chain. It's just my personal opinion. I think the supply chain is a bunch of BS. That is just my opinion. I think it's an excuse to charge people more money. Uh -huh. I think I, the, the, our biggest concerns right now, like we're just doing stuff to blow our feet off the water shortage in this country. You know, like it, it's if you, if you cannot tell that we're having one of the biggest winters ever with one of the largest snowpacks in history, and we are going to have significant water, and then we will be in a drought. And it's not a matter of did we get enough snowpack? We got enough snowpack. It's that we have too many people. Yeah. We overuse. We don't enforce water regulations. We let people, like I could not believe my HOA the other day. It's like 35 degrees. I roll out of the garage and the sprinklers are on on my entire block. Yeah. And you're wondering why we're out of water? Why Horseshoe Bend or why Lake Powell or any of the reservoirs that are supposed to be full are not full? It's, it's crazy. Yeah. And then we get all, like, the world is a cycle, man. And I have to believe at some point, I'm 50 years old, man. I really hope that the, the cycle changes soon. Yeah. Because in my mind, I, I only half jokingly said French fries are $10 because they're not that far from $10. No, Look at not. what you're paying for a cup of coffee. Yeah. Are you kidding me right now? Yep. Like it, 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 Life has to change. The cycle has to come back around. I'm, I, I just don't, but like supply chain is probably the perfect example. I think it's all bullshit. I think it is. I, yes, I believe that supply chain was a major problem during the pandemic. We couldn't get, we could not get boxes off the, the, the docks. Totally understand that. That's not the issue anymore. In, in some businesses, is it? Sure. But everybody's overcharging now. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody. Why do, why do you look at, look at the housing crisis that we're in? Do you understand that prices are actually falling? Mortgage rates are coming down. What's the narrative? I ah, can't afford to buy now. Mortgage rates are too high. Houses are too high. It's just we don't understand how to manipulate the real estate industry. 
And again, not to pick on millennials or Gen Zs or whoever, generation after generation keeps making the same mistake over and over again. Which is what? We're overpaying for houses. Yeah. We're overpaying for real estate. Yeah. Oh, it'll go up. It'll, no, it won't go up because it's already up. It's already up. You're overpaying for it. But people got to have the brass ring, so we got to buy the nicer car. You're making a mistake. So I, I truly think that a lot of the problems we have in this world are self-inflicted. Mm -hmm. The real estate crisis is self-inflicted. Inflation is self-inflicted. And don't fucking come in here and tell, oh, it's Uncle Joe or it's... It, it, you know. It's not the president who's overpaying for houses. Yeah. It's not, it's not the president who failed these banks. These banks failed these banks. And by the way, we, we unlocked all the bank regulations. So there were no regulations. Like we're doing it to ourselves. Yeah. But we don't want to own that. We don't want to own that. You know, like it just is not, it's crazy to me that we are so divided that you go on a date and one of the first questions you've got to answer is who'd you vote for? That's crazy to me. But it's the way it's got to be. Yeah. Because we, we can't talk about politics anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome this weekend to just sit on the couch and, and watch Night Agent with my wife on Netflix. And, you know, to like go and work out with my wife and to like have a pretty chill weekend and not one time talk about politics. Not one time talk about politics. Like this shooting today. There's a, a shooting at a Christian school and we want to talk about the fact that the door she walked in through was unlocked. Well, I don't really care about the door. I care about the fact that her parents, apparently from the last update I saw, and I haven't seen anything since I started the show, but this teenage girl who went in and shot up this Christian school, unfettered access to assault rifles and pistols. So was it the unlocked door or was it the poor gun safety? Yeah. At her house. Un un unfettered access. They just were available to her. Yeah. So she took him and, and killed what three kids and three adults that's crazy to me but we're worried about putting metal detectors in schools <laughs> like hey is the guy that left that those guns available is he going to jail because he should be it's crazy to me mm -hmm. are we going to talk about the mental health of this girl no we're not going to do that because the door was unlocked get the get out of here that's the stuff that drives me crazy you know what i mean like i, yeah. I just can't I can't even, I can't even imagine that three kids are dead, three adults are dead, and we're worried about the door being unlocked at the school. And did they have metal detectors? That was the first, I kid you not, the first thing I heard about this story, the first piece of news I saw had a quote asking if the school had metal detectors. Right. Is that what we're doing now? Yeah, that, apparently. That's what we're doing now. That's what drives me crazy. It, it just is, I, I, I can't even. Jeff Johnson says metal detectors are coming to BYU soon. That's a bummer. Henry Ginder, metal detectors on campus at UW for years. Yeah. yeah. At a private Christian school where school-aged children were shot. We're worried about metal detectors. We're doing it wrong. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you now, we're doing it wrong. If that's what we think is going to fix this problem, we're doing it wrong. Like I, I am, I'm so, I'm, I'm so frustrated 
about the inability to have real life-changing conversations. Because we can't talk about religion, can't talk about politics, can't talk about guns, we can't talk about money, we can't talk about interest rates, we can't talk about stocks. Like, what can we talk about? What can we talk about? Uh, basketball? <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, what can we talk about? Yeah, nothing, man. That's our world now. Yeah, you're it's not so, wrong, dude. It's so frustrating that we want to... Like the, 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 the Fed and the interest rates and inflation and like the bank, this SVB Silicon Valley Bank, the previous administration unwound bank regulations that had they been in place, SVB couldn't have done what they did. Right. And it's automatically we go right to Joe Biden's fault. Is Joe Biden a good president? No. No, he's not. Is SVB his fault? No, sorry, friends. It's not his fault. Like, but we won't talk about that. We don't want to have that conversation. We're not allowed to have that conversation. Yeah. Not allowed to have it. Yep. Can't do it. Like we're we're like Sean Hannity yesterday was it, I guess Friday, was arguing with a guy on his show. And I wish I had kept the clip about the the economy, and it's 100% Joe Biden's fault the economy tanked, would not even be open to the prior administration's policies and the taxes and the debt is 100% Joe Biden. Like, we can't have a real-world conversation because we won't talk in truth about policies from previous administrations that impact the current administration. Whether you were a Republican... <laughs> Whether Don had gotten reelected, these same problems would likely be here. Right. The SVB bank thing would still have happened. The interest rates still would have happened. Uh, I mean, inflation still would have happened. Yeah. The layoffs still, uh, that was the other thing that Hanny was saying, that, that, that the layoffs would never have happened if Donald Trump had been president. Yeah, they would have. Yes, they you can't keep the, the the motor doesn't keep running like it did during the pandemic. Right. But we can't talk about that without violence happening. And the other thing that I think is crazy is like all of the Donald Trump AI generated pictures of him being arrested. That by the way never happened. He has not been yeah, arrested. AI is dangerous, dude. It and, is productive but dangerous. And people calling in bomb threats. And people threatening to murder the district attorney. And people like creating these fake pictures of Donald Trump being drug off to jail. Is this the dark night or is this real life? Uh, this is real life. This is real life. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. The similarities between the dark night and what's going on in New York. And what would those be? The DA... <laughs> The, but between the police having no control, the DA being having his life threatened on an hourly basis, the fact that the government and law enforcement are trying to coordinate how to protect Trump Tower because people are threatening to to rip it apart if he gets arrested. Like, I, I, what are we doing? Right? Like, yes, Mrs. Monty, the AI pick of the Pope in a puffer coat. 
Yeah. Did you guys see that? The Pope in a white puffer coat looked like a real picture. A ton of news outlets reported that. Yeah. That's the power of AI, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. Yeah, Gary's exactly right. But we don't have a Batman. We That's don't right, have dude. a Batman. That's right. We don't. We are Batman. Like all of us together. At some point, we need Democrat, Republicans, independents, you know, LDS folks, Catholic folks, atheists, you know, Muslims. We all need to sit around a table and figure it the fuck out. That's how we're going to get out of this. But we won't do that. Mm-hmm. We will not do that. We'll keep shaming rich people in this country. We'll keep shaming poor people in this country. We'll keep allowing people with mental illness to get their hands on guns. We'll keep blaming everybody for this and that. And nothing will be get fixed. Yeah. It's a, it's a hot button thing with me. It is a hot button thing with me. It really bothers me a lot. A lot. I mean, it, I think if, it, it, like the gun thing, we will never punish gun owners in this country. The in, like the DeSantis insurance thing in Florida, if you don't know about that, go read about it. He's gotten so much money from insurance companies in the insurance lobby. And he completely screwed the consumers. And everybody in Florida is pissed about it. Not like the Democrats or the Republicans or the liberals or the, I mean, everybody is pissed about it. To the point where people say this derailed his presidential aspirations because he's taken so much money from the insurance companies, he has no choice but to do this. How's he gonna say no? How's he gonna say no? Like he made it almost impossible to sue insurance companies. And I said to, Today, I told this story earlier. My wife got into a, broke her arm snowboarding, had no choice about where she was going or how she was getting there. Put her in an ambulance, drove her to Salt Lake City to U Health. Her insurance company doesn't want to pay that bill because they say it's out of network when no ambulance ride is out of network because usually ambulance rides are not choice. Mm -hmm. But the insurance company doesn't want to pay it. It's crazy to me. It's it's that it's crazy. Like the health and the healthcare thing. How is it that we have people in the richest company country in the world who don't have healthcare, who die at home from cancer? What are we going to do to fix it? Well, God and the Bible. Fuck that. Give them health insurance so they can die humanely. Uh huh. Instead of in their homes because they can't afford hospice or they can't afford to be in a hospital getting care. Yeah. But we want to offer thoughts and prayers to the dead kids today. No, I'm good with that. Let's fix the gun problem. God bless. Let's fix. Do you realize how many of these mass shootings would never have happened if we would address mental health? Bring it out of the alley in the shadows. Bring it out into the light. Let's talk about it. Hey, what is our medication doing to us? What is your acid reflux medication doing to you? But we don't talk about that stuff because we're depressed and that's embarrassing. Or I'm gay and that's embarrassing because drag queens and their, their lifestyle is more important than you know, and making sure that we don't, we got to protect our kids from drag queens, but the shootings, whoo, can't touch my guns, but those drag queens, they're going to hell because the Bible said so. That's where we are in this country. And I don't know how to fix it. 
I don't yeah. know how to fix it, man. Like, I really don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how yeah. to fix that. I don't know. Um, Henry Ginder says, I'd say shaming of rich people is mostly okay. But you know what's not okay about that? And you guys are probably tired of hearing my rant at this point. But when I say shaming rich people, you should not be ashamed to be rich, to have done well in business, to drive a nice car, to live in a nice house. But we shame rich people all the time. We make, it, we make it a problem that you made a lot of money. And it just shouldn't be. It just shouldn't be. It really should not be. Yeah, it shouldn't be, but it is. Kent Hone says, the reason we can't talk about it is because everybody has their opinion and they think their opinion is the only one that's right. Exactly right. Because we don't want to hear the converging opinions that might actually educate us. That's what we, we don't want to do. Like the drag queen thing is so interesting to me that we're banning drag shows because they're bad for kids. Are they worse than the bullets that murdered those three kids today? Just think about that. Think about that. Whether you're, you're pro anti LGBTQ rights is a drag queen who those three kids pro that, that are dead probably have no idea what a drag queen is or what it means. But they're dead today because a teenage girl walked in and shot them with, <coughs> from what's been reported, I believe, two assault rifles and, and pistols. But thankfully, we protected the dead kids from the drag queens. Whew. Holy shit. I was so worried those drag queens were going to get them. Thank God they're dead. That's so now, interesting, So man. now the drag queens can't get to them. Whew. Man, I was really worried. Like, that's what we're doing. And I, I don't know how to fix that. Because who am I going to vote for? By the way, I don't know if you guys know this. This is one of the first election cycles where there's not at least, at least a dozen known candidates. You understand like it's 2023, right? Right. We're 18 months from an election and we've got what? Three candidates, I think. Like Haley, Donald, and Joe Biden. So what are we going to do? Who are we going to vote for? That's what I don't, that's the thing that scares the me. The lesser of how many evils there are. Right? Like there's no young, hip, 45-year-old who we can vote for and say, yep, that's the guy I'm going to get behind. That's like, there, that guy doesn't exist. He does not. So I'm trying to understand Who's it going to be? Because like we get the George Santoses of the world or whatever that whack jobs name is. We can get that guy elected. We can get Marjorie Taylor Greene and we can get like these people. Infowars.com. The, the Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world that are retweeting the AI photos and in full panic. That like Bobert, I believe it was Ms. Bobert that retweeted the pictures of Donald Trump getting arrested thinking that happened. <coughs> <laughs> yes, they represent you. <laughs> yes, you Are voted you for them. That happened. That happened. And by the way, the, the, the other thing that I, I, we've got to stop doing is like we've got to stop just getting behind anybody that seems different. Like, I love Jon Stewart. Howard Stern started this thing with Jon Stewart running for president. I don't want another fucking actor. 
Give me somebody who understands how to systematically change the country and who will seriously address these issues. Who's going to, you know, like, hey, who's going to get education back to the front? Who's going to get health care and mental health care back to the front instead of partisan insurance regulation and screwing the American citizen? Because that guy doesn't exist right now, and it ain't John Stewart. I love John, and he's a great activist. I need somebody who knows and has real-world experience on how to get this stuff done. Because it's no longer the thing where you put a guy in there who's got actor experience, Ronald Reagan, but he'll put a cabinet in place, and he'll put an administration in place, because those things don't get approved anymore. Because we can't get anybody that's nominated to go through the approval process because the Republicans generally have the House or the Senate when there's a Democrat and vice versa. So the Democrats won't approve this guy and the Republicans won't approve that guy. So nothing ever gets done. And Paul Ryan's a professor at the University of Notre Dame. You know. Like I look at Kay Nuren, the Florida governor would be a great president. So let me get this right, Kay. The Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, who just made it impossible for Floridians to sue their insurance companies. And do you want to have any guess who one of his biggest contributors to his campaign are? Yeah, the insurance lobby and the insurance company. That's not what politics are supposed to be yes, about. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. That's not who it's supposed to work. What about us? What about us? Who's the us candidate? Who's the, the, the like, who's the this guy? Because yeah. Evan McMullen can't get elected. Oh. We've shown that. He's tried. He can't get elected. Who's the us guy? It's not Bernie. Because Bernie Sanders can't get elected. The last us guy got torched in Barack Obama. Like we were too busy paying attention to his birth certificate and repeal and replace. That's the last guy who tried anything. And whether you liked him or not, you can't argue the fact he got vilified. Yeah. The guy got torn apart. Right? And our, our last president, Donald Trump, is, is damn near in trouble with a porn star for crying out loud. Where are we at in society today? Like, we need somebody who's, like, this shit's got to end. Like, the guy in the White House now can't remember his own name. Oh, dear. Oh, my. Like, the guy seriously cannot speak in front of a camera. Because he can't put two sentences together. Y'all about to fuck this up. Right? Like, he can't, like, Joe Biden cannot put two sentences together. And I don't care what his son did. I just want a competent president who's going <coughs> to, like, take care of us. <coughs> But we don't have that, right? Like, we don't have that. I, I you know, like, I, I get it. No, nah, man. Travis Hinton says, Monty 2024, no, nah, I'm good. Matt Art says, it's going to take a lot of to fix the problems. Generational problems. It's, it is, it is that Joe Rogan, you know, viral clip, you know, like, Good times make soft men. Soft men make bad times. Bad times make hard men. Hard men make good times. But that's generations. Yeah. You could put the best possible candidate in there right now, wins election. He's getting nothing done his first term. And eight years isn't long enough to make change. Because the first four years, all he's doing is trying to chop down a bunch of trees that are standing in his way. Yeah. Right? And then the next four years, after he gets torn apart in election, and they blame him for doing nothing that they obstructed, Democrats and Republicans, 
you know. Yeah. It's generations, dude. Yeah. Generations. Uh, Kurt Meyer says, freedom comes with responsibility and accountability. You cannot have one without the other. You can't. Uh, Severe says, I feel like uh, people who would be great candidates don't want the position of president because of the criticism and corruption involved. Amen to that. Amen to that. Ken, if your reaction is please don't vote, you're missing the opportunity to recognize all of our votes matter. Totally agree. Why would we not vote? What did I miss? Kenneth says, do you watch, ever watch any other news than CNN or NBC? I haven't watched CNN in I don't know how long. See, and this is the issue. Yeah. You want to come Podster. in and say, okay, I disagree with you. You must watch CNN. Yeah. Hey, here's the problem. Okay, what? it's CNN versus Fox News. Fox News in court said Tucker Carlson is entertainment. We don't, he doesn't believe anything he says. And then Tucker Carlson texting his colleagues saying how much he hates Donald Trump and he can't wait to stop talking about him. And that's public information. That's not our opinion. That's like in the record. Yeah. Because they're being sued by Dominion. So Rupert yeah. Murdoch sat on, like, go read the testimony, dude. Yeah. It's not a matter of <laughs> CNN. We don't watch CNN, dude. And I, I don't watch MSNBC right either. Like, yeah. You know what the sad truth is? I've stopped watching the news. Yeah, because it's not news. It's all spin. Fox isn't telling you the truth. CNN's not telling you the truth. I don't know what MSNBC's telling you. And after, what was it, uh, you know, that scandal where all the local news stations were saying the same thing for, was it Sinclair or who was it? I can't remember, you know? Local news isn't trusted now. Like, you can't, we cannot continue to do this. And Ken, I understand you're a member of the show. You cannot continue to attack people because they don't agree with your ideology. We have, we need conversations in this world. We need conversations in this world. But you're not willing to do that. You want to rip people. It's CNN. It's, C- it's not CNN. And what that tells me is you're not educated. You don't I, understand. I haven't watched CNN in I don't know how long. Yeah. Like, it, that's crazy. Yeah, send donuts. The media bears a lot of responsibility. Agreed. A lot. Facebook. Like this TikTok but, story. But see, again, you know, Trump's running out fake news. That's what we all live and die on now. How many people say, oh, it's fake news? Okay. Like, you know, we fake, can't fake even, news in a country, tired. In a country built on free elections, we don't have free elections anymore. No, we don't. Nope. Nope. You're not t- protecting the the integrity of an election by limiting people's access to ballots. What are you doing by limiting people's access to ballots? You're limiting people's access to ballots so they can't vote. You're one step closer to tyranny. And then there's like this TikTok thing. You know, the crazy thing is, like last night I did a ton of reading about TikTok and this. No matter what we've asked them to do. So TikTok, here's my problem with the TikTok ban. Right. We told TikTok either declare as an IPO because that way you'll have everybody will have unfettered access to their business records. You establish a, a, a head of business in the United States that is in a subsidiary that is a publicly traded company in America. They said, okay, we'll do that. So they went and they tried to build in Texas. And what did the Texas people say? Oh, we don't want you here. You're not welcome here. So wait, let me get this right. You told them, <laughs> we told them build a hub, 
become an IPO and they need to build the hub and establish their business before they could be a publicly traded company. They did that in Texas because there's so little regulation there. And then you said, no, you can't come here. Yeah. So what is it? If you just want to fucking ban them, just do it. Yeah. Like just do it already. Get it out. Get it. Do it, man. Knock yourself out. But you can't tell somebody, hey, establish a business here. Set up a subsidiary, make it an I- a publicly traded company, an IPO, New York Stock Exchange or NASDAQ. And then we'll let you continue. And then when they say, okay, great, let's do it. Ah, but you can't do it here. You, uh, what about, no, not over there either. Just ban them because that's what you want to do. You want to ban them? Ban them. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Greg Hawkins says the other outlets clearly have bias and agendas, which is annoying. You can't watch the news anymore because it, it's what you said. It's yeah. not facts. It's not news. We're spinning. We're worried about if the door was unlocked. You know what we're worried about? We're worried about <laughs> ratings. Sh- we're worried about entertaining people, not... It's crazy to me. We're worried about making the news, not reading the news. So, of course, Kenneth is going to say uh, TikTok is owned by China. It's not. Uh you want us to be more like China. No, what I want us to do is set rules and then abide by the rules we set. Yeah. So if we tell somebody, hey, we think you're owned by China. So what we want you to do is we want you to open an American subsidiary that's wholly owned by an independent company that's publicly traded so that we can regulate you. Then you can keep your, your thing in business. You can keep TikTok running as long as you are constantly in flow and they were going to give them a deadline to have it done by. And then, Texas is a Republican state. And Texas, so. and hey, listen, TikTok said, okay, we'll go to Texas. And they said, no. How is that wanting to be like China? I don't know either. <laughs> what are you yeah. talking about? Yeah. What are you talking about? You just, your likes to fight guy. Your likes to fight guy. It's not owned by China, sir. It happens to be hubbed in China. It is a Chinese-based company. All you're doing, Kenneth? is showing how uneducated you are. It's not owned by China. Yeah, like It's not owned by the Chinese government. The biggest issue is all of their data farms are in China or were. All of their data farms were in China. And so people were concerned that all of the TikTok information was going to the Chinese government, which was a big concern. I took it off my phone. That doesn't mean it's owned by China. It's not owned by China. There are issues related to it. There's no question. It's not owned by the Chinese government. Yeah. It's not. And by the way, Greg, yes, correct. We're nothing like China. Yeah. We are nothing like China. Yeah. You said what? I mean, we can talk about this stuff all day, but ultimately there's, you know, folks like Kenneth, folks like Greg, folks like us, like we all have our opinion. Kenneth, if you want to believe it's owned by China and you want to take that to your grave, great, do it. That's the power you have. And Kenneth, again, you're welcome to be here. But when you stay, say stupid shit, you're gonna get you're gonna get it back, because you just you can't take. You're telling me that I need to stop watching CNN. What do you watch? <laughs> where Kenneth? Where are you getting your? When are you? Where are you getting your news from? Tell me where you're getting your news from. And by the way, I never said this either. And this is the other thing that guys like Kenneth do: no guns and free healthcare. I never said no guns and I never said free healthcare. I'm a gun owner. Never said no guns and free healthcare. Yeah. 
I said, everybody should have access to healthcare. We are the only, only massive company in the in country in the world that does not provide its people healthcare when they need it. Yeah. We are the only ones. We have people every day in this country. We have people dying at home of cancer that are untreated because they can't afford it. Do you know what that's like? You have no idea what that's like. You have no idea what it's like. But you go and do your thing, man. Like, I, I, I don't... Yeah. I, I, anyway. It, it is a, it's a tough battle when you just can't... When I, when I have to reason with you that assault rifles in elementary schools are not good things. That's not good. And that the people who gave this teenage girl access to those assault rifles should never see the light of day or have freedom again. And if you think that they should, I don't know how to, I don't know how to reconcile that. Because there are three children and three adults at a minimum, and I have not seen an update on it since the show started. At a minimum, there's three children and three adults who are dead today because what is described as a, a person with mental health issues, a teenage girl, which we almost never see commit gun crime, a teenage girl had alleged unfettered access to assault rifles and pistols which she took to a Christian school and murdered six people. <coughs> if you want to defend that, I, I don't know. I can't have a conversation with you. That's crazy talk, dude. That's crazy talk. Like, I mean, I just can't, I just can't imagine it. And Ken says several different outlets, conservative and liberal, only way you get the truth. I don't believe for a second that you will admit you watch mostly Fox News because already I can just tell in your comment profile the way you lost your fucking mind last time that you're a Fox News guy. It's not hard to see. It's not hard to see because you lost your mind over what we said about Tucker Carlson, which is that he admits he lies to his viewers in, yeah. in text message. He admits Under he oath. lies to his viewers. Rupert Murdoch admits Tucker lies to his viewers. Rupert Murdoch admits that Tucker Carlson lost money, that he has a ton of viewers, but is a little, I believe it's 3% under profit because people don't advertise on a show anymore because now Fox News said in court, Tucker Carlson shouldn't be believed because he's entertaining people. What he says is not journalism, it's entertainment. (laughs) But you want me to believe that you're getting your news from both liberal and conservative, even though everything you've said here is on script. Come on, just be honest, own who you are. Own who you are. Own who you are. God forbid that I would tell you, hey, have you read the New York Times lately? Holy cow. Holy cow. Uh, Tom says, Audrey Hale, who identified as transgender, does this count as another male shooting or a rare female shooting? Couldn't tell you. Don't know enough about it to comment. Don't know enough about it. The problem is with that question, we've, we've vilified the transgender community in this country now. Yeah. 
So I have no idea what that person's life was like. I don't know. Uh, Alex Chacon says, these dudes are worried about the Chinese government farming your data as if the U.S. government hasn't been doing the same thing. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. If you, it, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it man. is what it is. I, I think it is. I think what's really interesting is that, no, CK, this is the, we don't need police at school. You know what we need? You know, I know it's crazy. I know it's crazy. We need people not to walk into school with guns. And by the way, how did that work out in Uvalde, Texas? Yeah, they left the building. Because the cops were in the school. And what did they do? They ran away. You don't handle guns with guns. You don't don't combat gun crime with guns. Because what happens? You get more gun crime. And more people die. You handle the root cause of the gun crime, which in our country almost overwhelmingly is mental disease. In the Highland Park 4th of July shooting, I mean, it's, just check the list, dude. Check the list. Check the list. I, I, I'm, just, I'm just telling you. Uh, Nathan Sharp, I think you guys are in the wrong state to be having this conversation. Oh my God, absolutely. But we're not, and again, this is why I said, like, we are a Utah-based show in that we're in Utah, but we're a national show. We don't, we don't, the problem is, no matter where you go anymore, you can't have a conversation. Agreed. I, I, I mean, and Kay, with all due respect, Kay Nuren has been a longtime listener of this show. But when, you, when the cops were in the school, they ran away. They ran away. They didn't help. Chacon says, uh, why is gun reform the worst thing in the world to everyone? I'm sorry, but not everyone should be able to buy guns. Yeah, you mean the I, same way not everyone can drink? Yeah, and I don't think that I don't think that we should I, I don't believe that we should take everybody's guns away. Yeah. And I don't believe that there's anybody in, in It's con- not superlatives. Yeah, dude. it's not. It's not a thing where we're like, okay, all right, gotta go down Main Street here and knock on every door and pick up all the guns that nobody has ever said that's what should happen. But there's no question that we have gotta find a way to to intercede. It's Facts. if it were me, I would attack mental health. I would massively expand the, the mental health network in this country because it's homelessness, it's crime, it's murder, it's gun crime. It's, it's all of that. But you know, yeah. You know, Tom says, I think we should make hunters safety a required class in school. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Hunter hunters are not the problem. Like this thing today, I hope it's not true, but if she had un, uh, you know, un, if she had easy access to assault rifles and pistols, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. It's really heartbreaking. Yeah, it should be a crime. Really? Yeah, bullying. C. Kaufman, absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah, anyway. It's an, it's a, I know it's a tough conversation to have, and we, that's why we don't do it often. That's why we don't talk politics. We never talk politics on this show. I mean, it is incredibly rare. Yeah. That you hear us talk politics because it pisses people off because you can't have intelligent conversations. And I love every one of you. I appreciate um, I appreciate so much that we are able to, you know, talk to 3000 people a day. And I just we're, we're talking almost 400,000 people a month on this show. And we appreciate that. But there are days like this where, man, I just cannot believe 
that we just yeah we we need we need something i don't know what it is but we need something right yeah we need something anyway all right i guess that's it okay we'll end the show on a heavy note okay i will say by the way though by the way i had egg whites in rotisserie chicken from costco today for lunch and it was phenomenal the yeah. rotisserie chicken. It, it doesn't it, disappoint. Get the one that's already shredded up in the bag at Costco. Egg whites didn't even, no salt, nothing. Just had rice, quinoa, chicken, and egg whites. The greatest lunch I have ever had. Yeah. Gary says, say goodbye, Jake. See you tomorrow. Jake, until tomorrow, say goodbye. Goodbye, Jake. <laughs>